How dare you? Everything was going perfectly. And now, you do this! Eris, I don't understand. Don't play coy with me. Maybe you can fool these people, but I know who you are. You're a selfish, unprincipled liar. Wait a minute. I didn't lie. I came back. That's why you're here. This was all part of your test. I told the truth. And wasn't there something about being bound for all eternity? got to be a little embarrassing for you, Eris. <laughs> Don't push your luck, Sinbad. You're cute, but not that cute. And lucky for you, I've got places to go. Things to destroy, stuff to steal. Welcome to Franchise Killer, a podcast where we pick movie franchises or wannabe franchises, review them film by film, and see where things went wrong. All right. Was that Brad Pitt? Yeah. No, it was, wasn't. No, that's. Was I can't do Brad Pitt. He doesn't have a voice. His, he just his has voice like, is very. All right. It's yeah. no. It's just exceedingly normal. Or Michelle Pfeiffer. All right. Yeah. Honestly, that, that was actually closer to Mil- Michelle Pfeiffer than the other voice was to Brad Pitt. Okay. I understand their thought behind that, but Brad Pitt doesn't have a lot of character in his voice. He does. He like we I could tell it was Brad Pitt in this movie. Yeah. But it was when you actually try to describe his voice, it's kind of like it's broy just yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like you can hear it, mm-hmm. but it's it's other than that, it's there's not a lot to it. Supposedly he was concerned about his Missouri accent in this and not being that's a Missouri a- accent. A- apparently, Brad Pitt has a Missouri. I didn't accent, know which there is was a, a Missouri accent. Uh, Missouri that. is Central United States accent, which is kind of just neutral. Um, but he was afraid of it just not being enough for this like Greek area, and they're like, nah, it'll kind of like tone it down a bit. And I'm like, yeah, tone it I quite would, a bit down. I would mm. kind of agree. Yeah, not quite enough. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not that it's bad. Mm. It's just yeah, that's Brad Pitt. Yep, he's that's, doing. Yeah, well, that's, that's kind of what it. I'm saying. You can tell it's Brad Pitt. But it just, you know, normally when you're looking at a character or you think of El Dorado or something like that, you hear their voices and you're like, yeah, I love them. It fits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Honestly, it kind of calls to mind uh, Spirit. The last movie we talked about, it was like, yep, that's Matt Damon. Uh, (laughs) uh, Anyway, I'm Reese. To my left is David. Further off to my left. Irina. Across from me. Eris. Also known as the Noah. goddess of chaos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's, let's, let's speak. Well, what's your name? I did say it. I already. know, but it was overridden. Sorry. Noah. Loud and confident. A Noah. I, I definitely like his heiress better than his name. True. Yeah. True. God of chaos. Was it chaos? Yeah. Yeah, something yeah, it was like chaos. Mm. And playing beach volleyball in the sands of Tartarus, we have <laughs> AJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you win the game or is it still going? Uh, 
I mean, you had time to call into us, so I'm assuming it's over. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know any volleyball terms, so. I, <laughs> Spike, spiking sets. I was, yeah, I bumped set spike, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't work it in. I'm enjoying throwing you for a loop with these. It feels like revenge for when you uh, say you, you've watched a different movie, and yeah. I, I don't know how to respond By to By the it. way, what movie did you watch? Uh, Shazam. Uh, <laughs> straight up uh, Shazam. <laughs> Let's just get that out, get it out of the way. Shaquille O'Neal. That movie with no, no, with uh, Sinbad. Oh wait, no, I'm getting Shazam mixed up with Kazam. What? No, you're, you're right. Kazam? You're right. No, Kazam is the Alec Kazam. No, it's just Kazam. I think that right. Am no, I... it's. I'm pretty sure you're right. Shaquille O'Neal was in a Shazam movie. No, there was like a whole thing with um, uh, a Mandela effect, yep. and everyone thinks it's yeah. Shazam, but I think it's actually Kazam. There's there's no movie with Sinbad called Shazam where he's a genie. It's a it's yep. a Mandela it's effect thing. Wow, that's yeah. so weird. All right, well, AJ watched that. Uh, the rest watched. of us watched Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Ways. Proteus got screwed over by his friend. Mm. Friends. Uh, yeah, his and his lover. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we watched Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. This is a movie that came out in 2003 and is directed by Tim Johnson and Patrick Gilmore. Uh, Patrick Gilmore, he's like a producer on a lot of video games, and this is like his only directorial credit. But Tim Johnson directed Ants, Over the Hedge, and Home. So he's kind of mm. a DreamWorks mainstay, one of their right. ones that is a recurring director who's kind of stayed with the studio for quite some time. I would say his films have lost merit over time, With uh, especially with the 3D ones. They kind of progressively get worse, in my personal opinion. You got Ants, which I think is a pretty good movie. I actually yeah. enjoy Ants, apart from the dated uh, special effects. I think the idea for that movie was cool, and it uh, it's enjoyable enough. Over the Hedge, also fine. Y'all remember was that, that movie? Was that Tim... Uh, or the guy from The Office. Oh. No, is Bruce Willis, I think, was in yeah, the Yeah, but he's head, he's talking head, right? about um why can't, Steve Carell. Yes. Steve That's Carell. what he's yeah. Steve Carell in that I'm movie? pretty Hammy. sure he's the main yeah. character. He's the no, no, he's the squirrel. Okay. Bruce Willis was the raccoon. Yeah. Well, I, I like Over the Hedge yeah. well enough. It's it's another one of those kind of forgotten movies, I feel like, in that time mm-hmm. where it's like you do remember it, but it's I had a trailer for I don't know what movie it was that I watched a lot, but it was there was always this part in the trailer where you had uh, Steve Carell going over, like sitting in a chair and explaining over the heads in the making of for yeah. like a minute. So it's stuck oh, in my. They head did that now. with Madagascar Ma- as well. That's what it was. Yeah. That's the movie. Did they do that with B movie as well? With uh, oh, I think Se- they did Seinfeld. Or maybe maybe I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, anyway, his latest film was Home, and that that's that alien movie yeah, where, the where alien. like the kid. The is Sheldon it, Alien. Yeah, to me that I I didn't even watch it, but and so maybe I shouldn't be discrediting it, but it just did not look good to me. <laughs> like none of that movie looked good. Yeah. But hey, maybe there's something there. Maybe I should give it an honest shake. I feel bad throwing it under the rug, but again, I, I actually I don't. <laughs> no, no, don't even worry about it. Uh, so this movie stars the vocal talents of Brad Pitt, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Michelle Pfeiffer, Joseph Fiennes. Dennis Haysbert, Adriano Giannini, Timothy West, and Jim Cummings as multiple background characters. <laughs> She's almost like 80% of them. It's one of yeah. the one of the first five movies he did, I think. Like this is before yeah. he made it like huge, I guess. Yeah, when when we were watching this movie for the first time, Irina was like, There's Jim Cummings again. There, there he is, is again. in the background. 
It's always like, some <laughs> random guy that comes into frame and says like, oh, but isn't that a bad idea or something? And you're like, oh, there he is again. <laughs> like what? I, I want to see like all the, the work he's given to memorize. And it's like all these reactionary, just yeah, inconsequential it, lines. A lot of them are reactionary. The wonderful thing about Jim Cummings is that he's the only one. Yeah, he's the only voice actor. Tigger. Good job. Uh, he, yeah, he did Tigger. do Tigger. I got, I got the joke. It took for some reason. I, I it kind of. I was like, "Why are you bit. doing Tigger?" Right now? <laughs> it was but a good I Tigger made, accent. I was actually surprised to myself that I got that voice out. <laughs> no, it was pretty good. I made the connection, guys. <laughs> uh, the this movie was written by John Logan, but apparently it's also the Terry Elliott or what? Terry Rossio and Ted Elliott. Yeah, yeah. Uh, were behind Terry it Elliot. as well, and were not really happy with how this movie was treated. Uh, so originally production. they were working in, in Disney in 1992 and then they pitched a Sinbad movie that they wrote that didn't get made. And then whenever they made DreamWorks, I guess Katzenberg was like, let's make a Sinbad movie completely unrelated to what you guys well, came that, up with. That was, it was one of Katzenberg's like dream projects. It was Prince of Egypt and Sinbad were the big like yeah. pet mm-hmm. projects for him that he wanted to see come to life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this was the second one. Yeah, but he knew about the Rocio and Elliot version, and so he brought them on as consultants, I believe, to mm-hmm. help with the writing process. And also, I guess they got the screenwriter for what was it, um, Gladiator? Yeah, so, which is odd. And yeah. the, these writers—they're commonly known as the the, write, the writing duo on the Pirates of the Caribbean films. I think all five of them were uh, written by these these two. He also did one of the other movies we covered. Yeah, El Dorado, mm-hmm. Road to El Dorado. Mm-hmm. Yep, which I think is a a good good movie. I think we all were pretty high mm-hmm. on that one. Right. Uh, anyway, this is based on, of course, Sinbad the Sailor, and I will say this movie takes some liberties <laughs> with uh, with that source material Just a little bit, uh, especially when it comes to the the ethnic background of our lead character. But yeah. You mean of the entire story? Well, I feel like all of his crew is the right ethnic background but then he is greek for some I, reason well everybody in this is kind of greek in he's a way he's supposed to be arabic right yeah well, yeah. yeah he's from baghdad yeah but i guess we'll get into that <laughs> wait they confirmed that he was greek i didn't see the yeah. part in the movie where they said that well uh, it, it lo- just from the okay. looks of it something and- i will say is they are very ambiguous about where yeah. and what is exactly happening so but at that point, it's kind of just, I don't know, this is just a fun story for kids. Yeah. Don't worry about the details. But there's so much more like Greek mythology in this. Yeah. I feel like. And Greek looking places. And Greek yeah. names. So that's true. The, that's the true. point is, it's talking about the Book of Peace. And the Book of Peace is supposed to unite like uh, a bunch of nations together or something. So it's it's just kind of like a mixture. It's that mm. That's kind of how you have to look at it. It's not really like one particular culture that's being represented here but they kind of i don't know they almost modernize it in a way Mm. so it it's like a kid's story not trying to be super accurate arguably to its detriment yeah Yeah. but uh anyway those uh for those who are new to this podcast uh on this podcast we first go over our thoughts on the film before revisiting it for the episode then we dive into the story break it down bit by bit and talk about the more significant moments then towards the end of the show, we give our brief reviews and numbered scores, along with an analysis on the health of the franchise and whether or not this film hurt it. So guys, had y'all seen Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas, before this episode? AJ, I feel like I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to throw it to you first here. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> 
a resounding nope. <laughs> uh, how about you, Noah? A long time ago. I believe I watched it once. It wasn't very memorable, was it? No. Yeah, what what were your feeling like do you have any memory of liking it, not liking it? I think being I enjoyed indifferent? It. I think I remember enjoying it. Okay. Mm-hmm. At least a little bit. All right. Arena. I watched it once. I don't remember much about it. I think my strongest memory was seeing a trailer for it where in particular there was a scene where his pants were ripped, but he had heart uh underpants on. Oh, and then that was taken out in the actual movie. So it's like for trailers, they had that instead. But in the actual movie, you see a butt cheek. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. So that was my strongest. DreamWorks 2D animation movies kind of like their their male butt cheeks. Yeah, I guess they do. Mm -hmm. Because El Dorado had a lot of that going on. Not a lot, but there was definitely a scene. A gratuitous amount in one scene. There's uh, (laughs) just more revealed than you would expect. You know, it's it's good that they're getting some screen time. Honestly, they're just trying to be cheeky. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, audiences or listeners. This conversation's asinine. Good one. Uh, this is I like I like this uh, this uh, little pun action. Thank here. you. We should, we Thank should you. do this more often, <laughs> David. But we're doing it a little bit too much. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, David, impressions. Yeah, I saw part of this once growing up. Uh, fun story. I moved to Texas in my freshman year of high school, and then. That winter, I flew back to Ohio, where I went to school, went to a uh, spring formal or winter formal with uh, a girl back then, and then we stopped to eat at a Chinese restaurant on the way, where I watched most of this movie. <laughs> and I was like, interesting. At a Chinese restaurant? Man, that's a good that, story. It's is a that weird Arena story. snoring? Uh, sorry, what? You don't want to hear about my ex-girlfriends? <laughs> uh, I thought this was about Sinbad. It was it's about Sidbad. Sidbad. <laughs> Sidbad. This, so you watched this bad it, story. So, so you watched it at a Chinese restaurant. I did. Wait, how? They had a TV. You oh. must not have been in that, that engaged in your date. I wasn't. It was probably like like no, I was conversation. Terrible. You're just kind of turning to the TV. <laughs> oh. I remember in detail of what was happening in the movie. So which means I do not remember in detail of what was happening in front of me. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm that, sorry. That sounds a little awkward. No, yeah. it, it well. It was bad, is what it was. <laughs> but from what you saw at this Chinese restaurant of the movie, did you have did you have good or bad or indifferent impressions? It made impressions? me think I should watch this some other time, uh, and then I never did. And then here you are, what, here 10 years later? Wow. Whatever, longer. Wait, I found probably. the connection. Was it Open Sesame? Isn't that from Thousand One Nights? Yeah, Open it is. Open Sesame, Sesame Chicken. There you go. Uh, There's your connection. It all there comes you go. together. David, before we get into the story, do you want to give us a good old call to action there? I'm going to do my best, maybe even multiple takes. We'll see. All right, One time let's, you let's weren't caught off guard, he didn't remember to ask you. Yeah. No, no. One take, go. David's stepping up to all the right. plate. All right, the spotlights all right. are fixed on him. The The cameraman is counting down three, two, one with his fingers, and you are live. All right. In the sands of the Saharan desert, you see Shahirazad explaining to the king of one rare story never before heard. (laughs) (laughs) It is the tale of the five stars. And this is a section where she explains of a listener hearing her story, but never actually giving a comment or subscription. And she failed and was killed. I don't know. I had one take. I failed. So so the, the message of the story is this listener 
did not give what she was listening to a subscription or a five star, and therefore she failed in her mission and is now forever <laughs> doomed. Well, yeah. you know what? She probably wasn't given adequate information as to where to give those that, stars. Yeah, she was a bad storyteller. I think uh, for us at least, and you know, if we're, if we're making the connection, I mean, we're on all the major platforms, which would help, but also Apple. Giving us five stars there is this is our very podcast, helpful. by the way. Franchise killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wherever you're hearing us, if you feel like following us on Instagram, if you feel like following us on Apple, wherever, uh, it would very much help us. We do this for free, uh, even at a detriment at times, and it's all for you guys. So if you feel like helping us out, it would be awesome if you went and gave us some sort of review so or stars. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, five stars deficit. are very helpful. It, it, it boosts our numbers. It, it helps the algorithm. And uh, that's really what we're seeking. Uh, that is, if you are enjoying listening to us, yeah. which uh, the likelihood is slim. Average but, at best yeah. for this episode. And remember, if we go viral, David makes an OnlyFans. Yes. yes. <laughs> As if I don't already have one. Huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> with, with, go past that. <laughs> with that said, are y'all ready to get into this story? Yes. Yeah. Si, senor. No wave is too huge. No enemy is too powerful. For the most daring thief on the seven seas. Sinbad! Uh, yeah. But the greatest challenge he'll ever face... We are going to die! ...is the newest member of his crew. A ship is no place for a woman. You are the most ungrateful, impossible, insufferable... I'd like to introduce you to your new bunkmate. Oh, if he starts hugging your leg, it means he likes you. This summer... Five on Marina. Oh, no. no. They've got a goddess on their tails. (laughs) This is going to be fun. Run! Danger at every turn. Let's go! And a whole shipload of adventure. Give that guy a raise. Still think a ship's no place for a woman? I think I'm gonna be sick. From DreamWorks Pictures. Brad Pitt, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Who's bad? Sinbad. Captain, it's the edge of the world! Pay up. It's flat. Sinbad and his pirate crew attempt to steal the magical Book of Peace that protects the kingdom of Syracuse, Sicily, and hold it for ransom as one last job before retiring to Fiji. Sinbad is surprised to see it as being protected by Syracuse's Prince Proteus. Proteus was once Sinbad's best friend as a child, but Sinbad drifted away from him, giving no reason why. Proteus then tells Sinbad if their friendship ever meant anything, he can prove it. Sinbad tries to steal the book anyway, but is prevented when Cetus attacks the ship. The two work together to fight off Cetus and for a moment reaffirm their bond. Just when it seems the beast is defeated, Sinbad is dragged off the ship. Proteus goes to save Sinbad, but is stopped by his crew. Alright, so this movie opens on Michelle Pfeiffer's heiress kind of setting the stage. And she is sending one of her little beasties or her pets into the ocean to basically attack Proteus's ship. Meanwhile, 
Sinbad is also attacking Proteus's ship uh, to try and uh, take this book of peace. I guess it's on the on board. Can we get a brief like idea of what Eris is or who she is? Goddess of goddess. chaos. We covered this already. Well, sort Discord, of. I mean, like, what do we know her from? Anything? Like, is she is she just a standard Greek god? Is, She's apparently like the daughter of Zeus or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I, she, I, I just know that she's a lesser known deity, and they kind of make a comment on that there. Like when she first meets him, there's that comment of like, "Surely you've seen me on temple walls," but she's not a very well known yeah entity. So I, I look here. Here's how you know she's lesser known. The other gods didn't come to help them. True. Yeah. You just kind of let her it's do like, her oh, thing. Oh, whatever. Yeah. It's Eris. I, I think sh- if I read correctly i think she was somehow involved with the trojan war like she gave a golden apple or something Mm. um she was the one who caused like all the chaos there (laughs) yeah there's actually some argument to be made that her story is the origin of sleeping beauty Mm. but we can get into that later Uh, but i get the sense that most of the animation work went into realizing this character of Eris mm-hmm. because her hair is very flowy and she's always moving yeah. around. She's smoke. Like she's like, constantly underwater or something. You say that, yeah. but it is a cool effect. It is. Super it cool. is. No, it no. is. I think from a the, the realization of this villain is one of the high points yeah. of this movie. I don't think she's a great villain. Right. But take that back. She's think, good. Um yeah, it, it's going off of what you're saying, the point you're making here. Um, it was the first viewing of this for the podcast where I made a comment later with David where I said, like, it just seems like they just don't have as much of a budget for this. There's yeah. something that's almost kind of cheaper mm-hmm. looking than the rest of the DreamWorks films or animated films. And um, one of the examples is these ships that are supposed to be uh, going through the water seem to be floating on a plane rather than yep. going with the movement of the waves. This So it, it's just a little... Uh, but they focus on very particular things that mm-hmm. look really good, like Eris. Or 3D uh, sea monsters, right? right? Well, <laughs> I don't know how good that looked. It, it's funny, this mo- the DreamWorks, they, they're 2D animated movies, just keep trending towards more and more CGI. Right. Mm-hmm. And this one is the the worst example of it, like it, it's it's a failure in terms of combining the two and making them look mm. you know harmonious as one. Right. Uh you have the sea which always looks like this digital kind of undulating ocean. Right. That it it never marries with the boat that was clearly drawn or the characters that are clearly drawn. Right. Uh same with all of the the beasts in this movie. They're all CGI and they look awful. Like mm. it's like it's one thing with the ocean where as long as you have a interesting central focus, I don't mind so much. Yeah. Like I I can ignore the ocean a little bit. Um but when you have a monster like that, which is the central focus, mm-hmm. it you can't ignore it. You yeah. are mm. nitpicking everything. Yeah. And before we get into the the this confrontation, no, actually, we can get into it because we don't really learn much of Brad Pitt's character at this point, uh, Sinbad. So let's just talk about this opening sequence here. Yeah, so it can uh, just be like the first encounter. Yeah. yeah. I think 
it's a good amount of swashbuckling fun mm-hmm. until the creature enters the scene. Where I'm like, I'm engaged with it. I think actually the the choreography is pretty entertaining. Very good. Uh, yeah, some of the moves that Sinbad pulls off are fun. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm kind of vibing with this. And mm-hmm. then Cetus shows up. And it is just... I think it they, they kick off with the worst CGI. And it gets a little better mm. from here. I know some of you have problems with the, the Articuno-looking bird thing. <laughs> but I think this Cetus creature, squid creature, is... It's it just a, it's a kraken. So yeah, it's I, a to, it's a total eyesore for me. I agree. I and I actually didn't find any problems with the ice bird. Mm. Okay. Well, this but you would agree that this first mm. creature does not look great. Yeah. Like I I am I'm baffled that something that looks this bad made it to a a, yeah. a theatrical screen in 2003. Like you look at the films that came out in 2003. None of them look as bad as that creature right. does. Yeah. Perhaps um I think an improvement to the scene is also their approach to the monster is very cavalier like oh yeah we approach this thing all the time and maybe they do in this world but yeah. there's something so chill I guess about where I I know it's supposed to be fun and kind mm-hmm. of rollicking but um it already sets up as Eris is not really that much of a threat. She's just kind of throwing monsters that yeah. are already a regular encounter for these guys. I So it it, it kind of I don't know. It, it 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 just kind of help it doesn't help the monster itself. It's, it's a tone yeah. thing, right? And I think that this is something I was going to bring up a little bit later, but in short terms, they didn't know the tone for the audience, mm-hmm. whereas the original tone was supposed to be more intense right. uh, and more adult, like some of their other stuff, Prince of Egypt, for example, whereas the higher-ups wanted it to be on 100% focus on children. They right. wanted this to be a children's movie, almost G-rated. Gotcha. So they're taking a very complicated, intense topic and then trying to make it childish. Yeah. In that case, yeah, but let's it, throw a butt cheek in there. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense. No, it's fine. It, <laughs> I actually think tonally this movie it succeeds. I don't uh-huh. think there's like... I'm not watching this and thinking that there's something that a kid can't handle. Right. Yeah. It, it's. I guess they wanted it to be more is is what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it to me the the tone is intact. It's right. just from a technical standpoint it's very distracting. Yeah. Uh so let's let's pivot to our titular character Sinbad portrayed by Brad Pitt. How do we feel about this character, guys? Likable but still Brad Pitt doesn't bring a lot of character out in him. Yeah, it it's it's uh, no, I don't want to take away from you guys. Did y'all have anything to say on the character? I think Noah summed it up perfectly. I was mm. gonna say pretty much the same thing. Okay, he's he's all right. Um, I think my biggest issue is that I don't get to see enough of the camaraderie. I think mm. all of these people sort of follow him, but I don't really understand why. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, and maybe that is because his character is maybe lacking a little bit in the. Um, Morals. It's it's not so much that like he's not even leadership. I would say. Yeah, but uh, I I kind of wish I knew more about the crew too because they're they're kind of just his lackeys mm-hmm. and they love him apparently. And it it reminded me of Atlantis and how that crew is treated. Oh yeah, where it's just like you've got a couple of colorful characters and some that 
really I can't I couldn't tell you one thing about but I would I would even argue that Atlantis their characters felt more well developed yeah no Atlantis is above them but this one has a couple like this one has what is his name rat he's like yeah mole and then there's kale I think kale Mm. was my favorite where I was like I want to know more about that guy yeah I I I do want to say though that Atlantis wanted to put emphasis on like this is a team of kind of outcast type right. people and they're banding together to you know be mercenaries or whatever whereas right. this one is like oh we're already an established crew we're just kind of you know yeah, yeah. manning the boat and definitely we'll ha- add a little character in there but mm-hmm. it, it, i don't think it's right. meant to be a focus i think this is the uh this is what i was having a problem with was uh eris refers to sinbad as oh a thief with a black heart but you get to his crew and him, and you're like, "What's what's so bad about him?" There's not really anything that mm-hmm. bad. I think there's certain things about him that are not. He he is very self centered. He's especially mm-hmm. later on. He's willing to just jump off to Fiji, and knowing that Proteus, his former friend, will die. Right. Uh, so there, he does have a selfish bone in his body that is. Uh, yeah. You know, I think is well established. I, I think they do a passable job of, of you know, yeah. setting him up as this character that's kind of likable, but also not a great guy. I, yeah. I do feel like perhaps perhaps this is reading more into it than they thought of it, but uh, I did think that they were trying to set it up as he's thinking, like, well, I can't put my crew in danger, so I'm just going to pretend to not care and go to Fiji. Right. A- and then, like, she bribes him, and he's like, well, now I can use this as an excuse to, like, go after him. Because, yeah. honestly, you know, he's going to get more money from mm-hmm. the bri- from the book than he would from the bribe. Right. Yeah. But I thought his character was, was fairly well-balanced for, you know, I kind of compare it to Pirates of the Caribbean with Jack Sparrow, you mm-hmm. know, without the oddities and the eccentricity. Like, his crew is basically with him because, you know, they want the prestige of sailing with Sinbad or sailing with Jack Sparrow because mm-hmm. of all the accomplishments and feats right. he's got under his belt, his talent, his prowess. So the rapport kind of was superficial, but they're also pirates. You know, they're right. going to mutiny or backstab him. And he's got his first mate, which is fairly loyal to him. So I thought his it was a, a good balance of being fun without, you know, throwing in this is some, you know, a a children's movie. I think Brad Pitt even said he wanted to do a movie that his nieces and nephews could watch. That's why he chose this role mm-hmm. versus his other, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mo. Yeah. So, and I actually was surprised uh, pleasantly about how well he blended into it. I mean, I, mm-hmm. re- I recognized his voice. It's distinct, but I was like, Oh, just Brad Pitt, you know, on right. screen. Like I still saw him as Sinbad and Brad Pitt blended uh, into the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, vocally yeah. for me so and i was gonna say too it, we were gonna get more into it but uh i thought he got better as he went along in the uh, movie yeah. like yeah, he did yeah at first i was like ah, i don't know about this character but yeah as things start happening and as marina is introduced into the plot and they start to bond i thought i started or at least i i heard less brad pitt and saw him more as a just sinbad like as that right. character so I, I do think he blends much better than Matt right. Damon did as Matt Damon spirit. was really, uh, yeah. and, and it's just because the character is very different from what I his voice sounds like. Yeah, and because you yeah. never see the horse actually 
say yeah. things with Matt Damon's voice. So it's just this disembodied Matt Damon voice. Right. <laughs> well, and ironically, apparently Brad Pitt was wanting to do Spirit, and then Matt Damon got it. Really? Yeah. That's rough. Well, and then in this movie, they are originally going to have Russell Crowe. And then and he Kevin had, Spacey. They yeah. dodged a bullet there. Wow. Yeah, they Imagine had, Kevin Spacey in this. Oh, my gosh. I could, no. I could not... Like, okay, I You'd don't like Kevin Spacey due to recent events, but even with that considered, like, if, if taking that out, yeah. I could not picture Kevin Spacey's voice for a Sinbad yeah. character. Who knows, though? Thank goodness for scheduling conflicts. Mm. Yeah. No, just the energy's <laughs> not there. Like, Kevin Spacey is a very, like, lax vocal yeah. delivery. Like, it's always very slow and, you know, deliberate. Mm. Right. Uh, what about Christopher Walken, though? What if we had him? No, <laughs> I just think we should go to Tartarus so so we can, can so we can see my friend. No, Fiji. He wants to go to I'm, Fiji. I'm, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go to Fiji and not see my friend. <laughs> I I watch it. Yeah, I'd it, it'd be it. funny enough. All right. So before we move on in the story, let's let's talk about the relationship between Sinbad and Proteus. Proteus mm. being his old friend. Uh, Proteus. Real stand-up guy here. Super duper wholesome. Yeah, played by <laughs> Joseph Fiennes. Uh, this guy is the best friend you could possibly ask for. Arguably mm. the truest good person in this movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I, do you think this movie establishes that they had a past friendship well? And do you see a good... Is there a good rapport between these two characters? And do they, they really sell it as this... This deep friendship that that was lost, and now they're, they're they're kind of meeting back up. I would say half and half. I I think th- I I can believe it. Um, I I kind of wish I had a different setup for this beginning. Mm-hmm. I think starting with Eris was a little I, I don't know, kind of threw me off a little bit. And um, there are these characters with apparently so much backstory but i feel like i've been kind of uh left out of the loop almost mm-hmm. and um you're just supposed to kind of assume a backstory that i don't know how that works though because there are so many movies where i'm okay not seeing that and yeah. there's some element of it that makes it okay but for this one i feel like i'm missing that element it's, it's like in uh prince of egypt if they jump straight to his adult hood and he has a relationship with like the king yeah you know? and it's like yeah we had a past we're friends yeah. remember so but you- arguably you don't always need to have that you don't always need to show it yeah so you think this movie might have benefited from some prologue with these two young younger or, yes no or at least just picking one of them that i could see a little more of yeah before encountering the other i'll say the reveal of eris would have been cooler if the first time we see her is under the depths, under the, like, right, after yeah. he, he is pulled under. Yeah. That would have been a cool reveal. Instead, we're just kind of thrown into that whole Eris thing right yeah. in the beginning. And there's no problem starting with Eris. It's, I, I can't pinpoint what it is, but there's something off about our introduction that makes She's everything else a little, a little cramped in mm-hmm. the beginning. I, I will say, I, I think that like Proteus and Sinbad, I think mm-hmm. they do have a chemistry about oh, them yeah. that works. I And I agree, I would like to have a story about them sh- like shown rather than just told, oh yeah, we were buds and this happened. I would have liked to actually have seen the and so scene. Yeah. And so instead of happened. Eris, we could have done something with that. 
uh, where you kind of grow their relationship better together. So you, when you get to them as or, adults, it makes it more makes more sense. At least showing Sinbad and what his desires are currently, instead of Eris telling you, oh, he's a thief with a black heart, you know? Yeah. Like, at, at least seeing a little bit of what is he doing currently? And then you can throw in Proteus. You don't really need to meet Proteus beforehand, but just knowing at least one of the characters um, is a little more firmly... Um, set in their ways so that the mm-hmm. pressure of doing the right thing is felt a little more. Yeah, yet the been... movie, I'll, I'll say the movie does a, you're right, I, I wish I had known one of these characters a little more before they meet. Mm-hmm. But I do think the movie is is economically paced and smartly right, paced right. in a way to where like I, I get who yes. Sinbad is and I get who Proteus is. Right. Yep. Even though they're not deeply explored mm-hmm. i'm like okay yeah sinbad's yeah. the bad boy he's just sailing the seas he's out for number one he's just yeah in it for himself and proteus is this real stand-up guy who he's he will do anything yeah. for his mm-hmm. best friend or you know whatever but yeah very honorable yeah i thought I they did say- a good job oh. foiling each other just you know like mm-hmm. you said, it's an efficient use of time. Whoever allotted them the amount of time in that storyboard process, they did it well with you know the sword fighting right. duel, mirroring each other, and mm-hmm. then eventually taking on Cetus, where they're both you know taking one end of the spar and and mirroring yeah. each other. So you have that establishment of you know kind of two sides of the same coin, you know, yes. without and the, they show the, the backstory, the, the breaking down of the barriers of of like the the lives they had led before they mm-hmm. reconvened where it's like oh they 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 recaptured that childhood glee of you know fighting and then taking down this thing together right and it all the rest fades away for a split second there oh yeah they work together and then he's invited back to yeah. the city and he's like hey yeah free food and then <laughs> yeah you know uh are y'all ready to move on with the story mhm mhm Alright. Drawn underwater by Cetus, Sinbad is saved by the beautiful goddess of discord, Eris, who offers him any boon he desires in exchange for bringing the Book of Peace to her realm of Tartarus. Sinbad and his crew go to Syracuse to steal the book, but leave without doing so after seeing Proteus with his fiancée, Lady Marina. Anticipating this, Eris impersonates Sinbad and steals the book. Sinbad is sentenced to death, whereupon Proteus sends Sinbad to retrieve the book instead placing himself as a hostage, and Marina goes to make sure that Sinbad succeeds. To prevent them from succeeding, Eris sends a group of mythical sirens who entrance and seduce the men aboard Sinbad's ship with their hypnotic singing voices, but do not affect Marina, who pilots the ship to safety. While on the ship, Marina and Sinbad's views clash with each other, and they fail to get along, especially when Marina gains the favor of the crew simultaneously. Eris then later sends a rock which captures Marina, Sinbad tries to rescue her, but hampers Marina's escape. They are able to flee the rock by chance, sliding down the snowy mountain in which they found themselves. All right. A lot happened during this Oh, this, yeah, this I was thinking, point. like, that happened a So, lot. what do we think about this plot that Eris has set up? It's, it's a little convoluted. Uh, basically, what I got from it is that Sinbad makes a deal with Eris, but then he mm. doesn't quite follow through with it and she just ends up or or she just leads him 
on and yeah uh, i think she's she's looking for a scapegoat like she wants yeah. someone to do or make others think that someone else has done her duty, dirty work so it can't mm. be traced back to her yeah but didn't he agree that he was going to take it yeah but, but she's she's kind of like yeah. observing everything and so she's since he's in town she i think her she was basically trying to get him to go to Syracuse and then so she could use so his then visage she could just and look steal like it. him yeah and he just decided I'm not gonna take it is well it's basically. because he sees Marina and he's all like I can't do this or whatever yeah. yep. uh, I will say that that kind of that sequence where she takes the book of peace is a very inspired oh, yeah cool looking moment I really love it's that awesome. part yeah. also especially the- when she like creates a copy of Sinbad yeah. and just like kind of inserts herself puppet into like his, mm-hmm. like puppet like mm-hmm. into him and it, it, the the way that was executed was really cool, mm. and I, I I enjoyed all that. I do really like Eris, and I know there's a whole uh, kind of following of people who just love Eris from this movie, and um, I I definitely think she's she's really cool. Like the way she's rendered is awesome. Um, yeah. I always thought of her as like a blend of uh, Ursula Meg and, and Ursula. Yep. <laughs> You know? I could definitely see that. I, I definitely got the Ursula vibes, and, and there was something else there that I was missing. Yeah. You, you found, you're, you're yeah. Right. found out Meg, what it was. Yeah. Megara. Mm. No, uh, but I think the, the, the plot, her intention is a little confusing, but as a kid, I don't think I cared. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things where I'm like, whatever, you know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, a bad guy gets the book. Yeah, the it happens later that she kind of explains her plan, but she was intending on him going off to Fiji and having uh, yeah. Proteus die and so the, the, there being no future ruler and then chaos will ensue. Yeah. I think is what that whole setup was right, for. Right, right. Yeah. But it's, it's just a, uh, a very roundabout way when she can summon all sorts of disasters. So I yeah, thought like, that was kind of funny. Why did you actually need to do this? It's, yeah. um, <laughs> You're very powerful. Well, this is always the, the weird question when it comes to mythology. They're super powerful, but at the same time, there's something about not ever circumventing human will. Yeah, they're still kind of beholden to yeah. humans. It, they're they're almost like they need to manipulate them like puppets in a way and then um I don't they get in all a they get in a huge tissy when things don't go their way. So it's it's very weird. There are mm. things they can and can't do, but there's not necessarily a rule book. Yeah, I think they're held back by if if you want to go into Greek mythology, I think they're held back by the other gods mm-hmm. right. that are like, "This is my human," or so I like, demand oh, yeah. that Iliad this one. And the it's like, or there there are some. Yeah. <laughs> I love how petty gods can be. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Yeah, but um, there are some things where it's all like, "Oh, I don't like that other god," and because they're trying to <laughs> circumvent this human's uh, will, I'm going to just you know. Support them, I guess. Uh, this Out girl's prettier than me. Let me make her have snake hair. <laughs> yep. That's literally why Medusa <laughs> happens. Is that like Aphrodite or something? Yeah, Aphrodite. Yep. <laughs> what a jealous... Yep. Jealous what, dude? Anyways, we should probably get back to the story instead of... We should of get back to the yeah, story. So, so at this point, Sinbad's kind of taken off with his crew. Yeah. They're heading out to Fiji... Uh, but little does he know, Marina is stowed away, uh, and she's not going to let Proteus, mm-hmm. you know, die. Which this I didn't know this, but apparently there's some thing that 
that you can you can trade your fate with someone and yeah. if that person doesn't deliver on a promise then you'll be executed in their stead to fulfill that debt. Right. Mm. Uh, which, that's kind of weird. It's, um, <laughs> I, I think the reason it's weird is because this movie kind of takes a modern approach in their dialogue and the way they in- interact with one another. But when you look at the story itself, mm-hmm. it it is pretty accurate to how a lot of these stories went. Yeah. Like a, a lot of lore, co- it seems like ridiculous yeah. You know, when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. So it's, but it's very bizarre because it's in a kind of modern format. So, oh, are they really going to kill their yeah, son? It, like they're going to kill their prince? You, know? you don't really explore a yeah. lot where it's like, yeah, this feels very modern and tame. But then when you actually like break down what's happening, it's like, no, that's super dark. Yes. <laughs> uh, prince of Egypt as well does that. Yeah. Where it's historical you know, atrocities being committed in front of your eyes, but then there's like this... It's shrouded in laughter. Yeah. <laughs> shrouded in, you know, fun for the family. Oh, they hey. just massacred thousands and thousands of children. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Wait, what are we watching? Uh, but anyway, this is another example of Proteus just being like the, the best guy that ever lived. He's like oh, yeah. willing to put his neck on the line for his friend that he hasn't seen in years, who is clearly this selfish kind of, you know, D-bag, Rapscallion right. well, guy. To be fair, in their interaction before going back to the city, he actually saved his friend's life, like, I want to say twice. Right. And so when he didn't to have to, and he could have also taken the book Granted, and left it was and also as well. caused by him going there to begin with. So he saved him in two situations caused by him being there to begin with. Okay, yeah, yeah. but it's enough for you to say, okay, I still trust this guy as a yeah. friend. Rather than I don't know. because he could make the argument, oh, yeah. he didn't know that it was me. Yeah, you know, I, I can only imagine. Reese, is there anybody in your childhood where you'd go, yeah, I'd put my life on the line for you to just randomly go out and do this life crazy mission? Uh, that's a crazy question. Life crazy. <laughs> um, that is quite crazy. Life crazy. <laughs> I, I'm trying uh, to find the word. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe no, no kindergarten friends that you're just like, you know what? Okay, people that I haven't seen in like 25, 20 years. Probably not. I'll say that. I would. There, I, I was thinking of a particular girl, and I was like, oh. Well, you're a better person. Gonna, if that happened, you're I would. Proteus. <laughs> no. We found the Proteus of no, the group. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, anyway, I want to ask y'all. Did y'all... I feel like as crappy as this Sinbad guy is, is portrayed in the beginning of this movie, mm-hmm. I still thought, like, it was, it was a bit much that he would actually leave to Fiji willingly yeah. mm-hmm. knowing that Proteus would die. Like the way they've set up this character, yes, you get that he is selfish. Yeah. But I I I didn't think he was a character who'd be capable of just being cool with letting his friend yeah. die. Yeah, he like didn't, he was did he? No. He only didn't because Marina was there to intervene. Otherwise yeah. he would have been off in Fiji and Proteus that. would have got his head so, cut. I always thought his intention was that like Oh, they won't kill their own prince. That's dumb. You yeah. know, I'm just going to leave. I think that's what he was telling himself to comfort yeah. himself at night, but I don't know if he actually believed right. that. I Okay, so there's a scene right after he decides that where the uh, guy steering the ship looks at him after he made the decision, all right, guys, we're going to this. And, and the guy looks at him with like a knowing smile and Sinbad's like, what? I just did it for the money. And yeah. it was meant 
to clue the you know the, the audience, audience into yeah. the fact that he's not heartless so right. it, i think aj brought this up before there are some uh connections i think we can make between sinbad and jack sparrow mm-hmm. where it's like this bla- quote-unquote black-hearted sailor who's actually good mm-hmm. um, yeah where in this it made me think of uh pirates 2 where he's kind of like selling uh turner to davy jones it's right like, yeah i'm yeah. cool with it yeah, but in, and he's like, "Yep, I'm just gonna leave him. I'm just gonna leave him to the ship." And but in the end, he's actually okay with saving him and you know doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. All right. Less. I, I less don't think well it's explained, like. I don't. Yeah. I'm not I super best. bothered by it. Yeah. I was just like, "Oh man, that's yeah. that's rough, man." So I don't think he ever was gonna do it. My question for you is like, how how do you feel about Marina and this whole uh, interaction? I, I think Marina is my favorite character in this mm-hmm. movie. I like her a lot too. I like. I actually really like Marina. And I think Catherine she, Zeta Jones. I think is the yeah. is the best vocal performance here. Not true. Uh, I don't. I don't hear Catherine Zeta Jones at all in this. Mm. Por- she literally has an accent at the end of the movie. Yeah. Okay. No, yes. But that's, it, not, it, it, that's not. Some of that bleeds though. through, but I think the spirit of the character is very intact throughout yeah. the whole thing. She she fits the rendering uh, in the animation. Like it, it blends. Yeah. She's yeah. my third favorite. <laughs> so who's number one? Who's Sinbad, number two? Proteus, and then no Spike. Proteus, Sinbad, and then completely wrong. I think Eris is his number one. Yes, the, the I dog. think that the voice actress is way better than everybody in this movie. I think by a significant margin. No, it, followed by Proteus. I think Eris is so overrated. I think mm. her her dialogue is mostly expository, like typical villain speech stuff. I think and that. So what was her name? Who did the voice? Um, Michelle, Pfeiffer. Michelle, yeah, Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. I think kills it regardless of whether or not the character herself is good. I think that they could have done it way better. Uh-huh. They, they rewrote Eris's character like three or four times, you know? And I, well, regardless, I think as we're, if we're talking about the voice actress, right. I think she does better. None yeah. of her lines are good. None yeah, of Eris's lines are her good. Her delivery yeah. is good. Her delivery is fine. But when you actually like think about what she's saying, it's just like, yeah, that, that great job, Captain Obvious. <laughs> like I felt the same way about Marina. <laughs> Okay. No, yeah. I, I do not feel that at all. I, I think Marina is a a more complex character. She's the only one that actually has a kind of okay. Sinbad does too. They both have like kind of satisfying arcs where Marina is this character that is always kind of longed for the sea, but you only start to figure that out throughout the course of the movie. Uh, Sinbad's arc is just he's selfish at the beginning and then he's willing to give up his life for to not be. Yeah, and it's, Marina's arc is to leave her husband and fall in love with somebody else. No, that's it, not, not her husband. Also, they they all, aren't even engaged sorry. yet. They're, they're, they're kind of like, I thought they're that's what he was set in the beginning. to be so, married. It's an arranged thing. Yeah, yeah, that, it's it's way different. Yeah. I, I think their relationship is one of the glowing points of this. Right. I actually yeah. thought they had a lot of chemistry. I actually agree. The chemistry is good. And oh. it, it took a second watch for me to kind of realize that. Mm-hmm. The first time mm-hmm. I watched this, it, it I wasn't quite sold. My second watch through this movie was... More positive, right? I'm I don't know. Be why. the villain of this podcast, and I'm okay with it. What you don't were you like saying, uh, AJ? I don't like her and Sinbad at all. What? Uh, wrong. I want to know what AJ <laughs> was going to say about well, that. Well, maybe part. it's just me, but I, I kind of unwittingly took a different approach to this movie. I feel like they took the direction of this is almost like the Odyssey or the mm-hmm. Iliad for kids, so it's more of a saga, and so I enjoyed more of the interactions, um, especially between Sinbad and Marina. And then him and uh, Proteus. So the those were the like highlights here. And then over our like arc, 
where there's, you know, we're trying to fit like a three act structure or something like that on, you know, a Homeric epic is not really right. going to click. So I, I saw this where they're going through different trials and whatever different, you know, many episodes, but still we see the interaction between the characters and mm-hmm. that's what I enjoyed. So I, I watched that, it the same way as you. I agree. Yeah. I think there is a really tricky balancing act that this movie pulls off and it's to show that Sinbad would originally be a crappy dude who would just steal another guy's lady right at the beginning of this movie. That changes, and he respects his friend enough by the end to not be a crap human. Mm -hmm. Like, he's like... (laughs) And and that's cool. And he never tries to... There's times where he, he kind of, you know, oversteps his boundaries, but he never outright does it. Right. And it's it's important that this movie is like waits until the very end for Proteus to not that he owns Marina or anything, but to release her willingly. And then mm. she's they're able to unite. It, it's it's important that it waits for that moment to actually like make this relationship a thing. Right. And I yeah. think it balances it well. I think so too. I'm with you. And David is shaking his head, or he's <laughs> I'm he's nodding. nodding. I'm nodding, but it's it's like a disapproving nod. Just like, <laughs> uh huh, yeah. What sure. is your disapproval here? I just uh, what I, do you I'm not a, like? A lot of what I have to say about this is probably something I need to just say for the end of my final right. review because it, right. it, it ties yeah. together. It's the whole thing. Well, wait. There's then. a lot of issues I have. Uh, okay, so let's kind of get through. This is the big like journey part of the movie so we've got a couple of big action sequences here uh first we have the uh what's the articuno bird sequence the what rock oh no actually before that we have the sirens oh uh, yeah these, we talked about that kind no, of not really sort of it, we brushed over it uh of all of the cgi creations in this movie the this is the the most successful even though it is still very obvious in my mm-hmm. opinion it's not great it's not great but the blending is but conceptually, I really like it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it is the most successful of the big three that I think of. You've got the Kraken, you've got the Sirens, and then you've got the Bird. The, yeah. I'd argue the Bird was actually the best. Oh, bird, then there was also no. the uh, island that ended oh, up being. Oh, that's right. Okay, that one's kind of a Okay. Can I, can I make yeah. an argument for this movie? Yeah. Go for it. I was actually... Okay. When you analyze it, all of the CG, not great. Right. But when you think about the movie and just the fact that it's doing kind of Greek mythology creatures and yes, they don't look amazing. It's more fun this way. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of just enjoy even, even though it's CG, it looks bad. I kind of enjoy the way that they did it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just really think they could have done it in almost a Hercules type, yeah. type fashion. Hercules is good. They, there is some, if I remember correctly, some CGI in that movie, the especially with the Hydra. But the way they implement it is more successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that movie looks better than this one. And it is able yeah. to pull off those grandiose uh, action sequences uh, right. with more confidence. And it, yeah. it, they're I, more successful. I do enjoy the journey. But to me, and I think this is going back to something David commented on, there's just a little bit of confusion as far as like what this is supposed to be tonally. And I think that's why I, I don't know exactly how to enjoy this fully. Mm-hmm. 
it is supposed to be an odyssey of sorts because they are jumping into a bunch of monster scenarios. But at the same time, it is still trying to do sort of that three-part story because it's introducing a love interest. It's introducing a friendship that needs to be reestablished. And it's, it's kind of trying to incorporate the two at the same time. So I don't really get to have the satisfaction of either fully. Yeah, uh, that's so it's like my half issue. baked in both yeah. sections. So I, I just, I feel a little, I enjoy it, but I don't feel like I, I know I could have enjoyed it more. It's, yeah. it's constrained by its length is what I'll right. say about that. I think, I uh, yeah, it's a little too short. It's, a, it's an hour and a half, I believe. And it could have used another 30 minutes or three movies. Even 15 minutes. <laughs> there you go. Actually, it could have used a lot of movies if you go with the original. <laughs> well, when we talk about the franchise portion, you'll 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 see how many movies they intended for this. Right. So Man. It was not one. <laughs> Is that why we're covering it? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was watching this with Jesse, and it was, I think it was her that said that this would have made a really good live-action series or oh, something. Oh, it could have been. Right. And I, I think... If they did that now, it would really be oh, cool. It'd be oh, yeah. great. Oh, it'd be I would really love cool. some uh, a live action. A thousand and one nights, but done in a long franchise. There oh is, yeah, be there awesome. is a movie that's a, a TV show. Arabian Nights. Yeah. It's actually pretty good. Mm. I enjoyed it. Uh, well, Scott before we Gray. get too off track, uh, we got a couple more bullet points here before we continue with the story. So we're at the the the, the island mm-hmm. after the siren sequence. Uh, Marina has kind of guided them through this area, which I thought was, this was good for her character. Mm -hmm. I thought showing her capabilities and what she's able to do, she does actually bring something to the team uh, and it really establishes her as, you know, a force to be reckoned with. And I, I I appreciated that, but then they kind of land on this Island that turns out to be this living fish thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's a thing from mythology, but it, it, the, the idea is very cool, and I mm. yeah I yeah sorry. Uh, you're talking about the island yes. fish yeah, yeah that's actually the, in the Sinbad Adventures yeah so it the, seemed yeah. familiar to me but I yeah. didn't know well, what I recognized the, it from the thing is that concept is translated among many different cultures there's there are a lot of concepts of like islands or land being on top of animals and that one just happens mm-hmm. to be a, a avatar fish the or last a airbender yeah. i was yeah. so used to For, it being like a turtle i was expecting oh, yeah. a giant turtle to well there like, that is one yeah, a lion turtle one a uh, bit of mm. lore where it's it's a giant turtle and <laughs> i remember the learning about this concept where it's like the land is on top of a turtle and the turtle standing on like an elephant yeah. and the elephant standing on some other animal you yeah. know it's really that's, that's bizarre. the flat that's actually the flat earth concept <laughs> it, it, yeah, and we lie. haven't talked about the dog which was apparently what test audiences loved the most about this movie what uh, I, Al, Alex. okay i'm but gonna say has, i did like the dog he has a good like his, his, his the best moment is when he jumps on the eyeball and just starts licking it good sight gag there yeah uh, uh but we, we were just talking about it and in addition to the sort of romance i think the best this movie has to offer is all of their concepts, mm-hmm. like the design of their characters, the design of the creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, it, it just seems like wasted. It just and, seems like wasted potential to me because yeah. you could like, I really do like the designs. I just think that's my favorite part. Actually. That I think mm, it would have benefited from the hand drawn, you know, format more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, it looks, it looks fine. Like I think the fish looks fine, but it yeah. is still obviously like, 
the, mm. a digital thing. Yeah, there there's just a lot of CG that's bad, but it for me was entertaining and it didn't quite take me out of it either. Yeah. I, so. I I think if they went for if tonally they went for the adult approach, if they went for that and and said, "You know what? This is not going to be as much of a kids movie. This movie would be a thousand times better." Because that's a lot of times better. It is mm-hmm. because right now what they're doing is trying to split 1, the difference. One times better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, you go. I'm Good staring one. at you. Uh, I'm not even going to respond. Yeah. Anyway, I think that in the end, if they tried to go the more adult approach, it could have been more gruesome and, and awesome. Whereas now it's just kind of like it takes all of the weight out of all of the monsters. They're cool looking with no weight. Yeah. Mm. I'm, a, Wait, so I'm okay. Do you with... have the same criticism for Hercules? Uh, a little bit. What? I think it's fine as far as the i i don't need this to be darker are you I, saying i there, mean is your criticism a, that there's no stakes with these monsters it I, it didn't feel very weighted to me especially yeah, that is that, that is monster. different i will say that yeah they none of the crew is ever stakes. lost in any of these they're all saved yeah. there's no real sense of danger or tension throughout yeah. this whole movie until the end yeah and we'll get to that like the ending so, sequence has a I there like is the a ending. scene of tension yes but all right, so yeah. I, I think the the point is the monsters don't have to have weight, but what is what is the overlying issue that they're trying to deal with in this film? It's whether or not Sinbad has a black heart. So these scenarios, why don't they have any interaction where he has to be tested? You don't see that at all. It's just encountering monsters. I don't yeah. mind if the monsters don't have weight, but the purpose of the film is who is Sinbad really? He like where does he where do his allegiances lie? You know, well, and yeah. it's it sort of shows that with Marina as an example. But um, other than that, that's that's a love interest. So it doesn't really yeah. show him like sacrificing himself for his crew or you know having a dilemma where it's his own personal devices versus what's good for all you know so that's that's my problem i I think they do start to really hone in on that towards the in the third act of the movie yeah but yeah you're right during this like adventure portion it's more about just like oh look at all these monsters and oh this uh, back and forth between marina and sinbad they hate each other but also you know they're gonna get together uh that's this portion of the right right yeah i think Kind of framing this a little bit. So the villain here is uh, Eris, the goddess of discord. Right. Discord nece- isn't necessarily evil. Right. And so that's what we're expecting here. We see plenty of discord and chaos here through their journey. Right. But we're not seeing anything that's, you know, like temptation or, you know, some major grievance that embodies some something that we recognize as evil today. Right. So when we look at villains, typically we're looking for that, you know, stark black versus the stark white here right. it's just discord it's just you know kind of frantic crit chaos yeah right. she's so like I i'm think just that's gonna cause it's... disagreement and gonna just throw a couple of wrenches in their plan right <laughs> yeah you're right so i think it's just a mismatched mismatched expectation from what we're used to right similar to loki i guess in right. that yeah regard. i could see i could see that she's but it's not yeah that's mischief most to discord yeah right. M- more what i was getting at is as far as intent goes yeah 
Uh, so before we close out the story, let's talk about this, uh, the confrontation with the rock or the, uh, the frost eagle <laughs> thing. Frost if eagle. You, if, that, that would be my term. I didn't know that yeah. was a rock, but I learned it. Well, it, yeah, in the Sinbad stories, he does encounter the rocks and stuff yeah. like that. But And yet another example of a perfectly fine sequence that is just undermined by really shoddy CGI that I do not think holds up at all. And I honestly don't think it looked, it, it probably didn't look good back in 2003 either. I, I just really don't. The I, rock? I, the bird itself? Yeah, I could mm. see the design. I the rock looked the, fine. I think the design is fine. But when it's just flying in the background, it looks so just, uh, yeah. Of all the it monsters, that one didn't trigger my... Like Twitch, yeah. No, it, that it doesn't look natural to me. Better one yeah. of the few. But think about it this way: they get stuck in the ice, and oh, it's a giant bird. That's that's the that's yeah, the reaction I got. Yeah, and I and again, I I felt no sense of danger for our main characters. Uh, but fortunately, this sequence is serving two purposes. It's not just to be a dangerous right uh, encounter. It's also kind of forming this relationship between these two, and you see. Marina and Sinbad, you know, working together yeah. to get out yep. of this. And I think despite some of my misgivings with what happens here, uh, it does kind of really reaffirm that they do have this good chemistry. And yeah. I do want to see these two get together, together in the end. Yeah. yeah, I think that that is what they focused on in that, but they could have used more stakes. I yeah. I will concede. It's, on um, it's fine. I, I think the, the thing is I... I like to be a little more critical on these, but as a kid, it's like, oh, this passes. Yeah, it's I'm, a kid's like, movie. It's, 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 like, it's can't, I can't be too harsh on it. I'm entertained enough. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, finish out that story. Are y'all ready? Mm-hmm. All right. After these and other incidents, Sinbad and Marina talk in a brief moment of peace. Marina reveals that she's always dreamed of a life on the sea, and Sinbad reveals that he distanced himself from Proteus ten years earlier because he fell in love with Marina, even though he knew she was engaged to Proteus. They then reach Tartarus, where Eris reveals that her plan was to maneuver Proteus into Sinbad's place, leaving Syracuse without an heir. When Sinbad insists on taking the book back, she makes him a deal. If he answers one question truthfully, she will give him the book and let them go. She gives him her word that she will honor the bargain, making it unbreakable even for a god. Eris asks Sinbad what he will do if he doesn't get the book. Will he flee Syracuse to live with Marina or return to die in Proteus's place? When he answers that he will return, Eris calls him a liar, withholds the book, and returns him and Marina to the mortal world. Ashamed, Sinbad admits that Eris is right, truly believing deep down that he is a selfish, black-hearted liar. Marina pleads for Sinbad to leave, admitting her feelings for him, but ultimately Sinbad makes his decision. In Syracuse, the time allotted to Sinbad has elapsed. Proteus readies himself to be beheaded, but at the last minute, Sinbad appears and takes his place. Before he is beheaded, however, an enraged heiress appears suddenly and saves Sinbad by shattering the executioner's sword. Sinbad, shocked but later pleased, realizes that this was all part of her test and teases that he has beaten her by proving his answer to be true after all. Eris is furious but cannot go back on her word and surrenders the book to Sinbad before leaving to cause chaos elsewhere. With the true culprit revealed, Sinbad is absolved of the crime of stealing the book and is now well-respected. Re well 
With the book restored to Syracuse, Sinbad and his crew prepared to leave on another voyage, leaving Marina in Syracuse. Unbeknownst to him, Proteus sees that Marina has fallen deeply in love with Sinbad and life on the sea, and releases her from their arranged engagement, sending her to join Sinbad's ship. Marina surprises Sinbad by revealing her presence on the ship, just as it begins to sail, and the two share a kiss. Ooh. Now together, they and the crew set out on another long voyage as, as the ship sails into the sunset. Literally. Hmm. Lots of stuff. All right. Uh, so we get our big uh, kind of moment where Marina and Sinbad finally see eye to eye, and it's through their conversation about their love of the sea and wanting to you know, just go on adventures out in the sea and how she's not really wanting to stay on or in Syracuse. At this point, their relationship, I think, had pretty well developed and they had, you know, had that tension back and forth that I thought they set up really well throughout the film. And this was kind of an initial payoff, but you also knew that, oh, they got to solve this issue with the hubby. Yeah, the whole time, the, the amount of times I said, Poor Proteus throughout this movie was like countless. Well, okay, so it says it, yeah, poor P- Proteus, but you have to remember that he he was talking to her in the beginning, and it's almost like the writer's excuse for everything that happens after this is okay because Proteus kind of knows she yeah. doesn't really want to be there, and so he's saying like, I just want to ask you personally, mm-hmm. do you want to marry me? And they're interrupted by Sinbad, so it's kind of like. Uh, no hard feelings sort yeah. of a thing for the rest of the movie. You don't really pick up on that because it's kind of thrown into a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a small moment. But it's she's kind of battling between responsibility versus what my heart desires, which, mm-hmm. you know, happens yeah. in a lot of these films. Uh, I Yeah, and, and to be fair, it is an arranged marriage. Yeah. Although perhaps he had feelings for her. I, I don't know. Uh, Proteus? Yeah. Yeah, I think he did. But he's just, he's such a good guy. He's yeah. like, I just want people to do what they yeah. want to do. I always thought he, he's kind of like a better Norrington in this movie. Where he's kind of, that, that scene where he allows Jack Sparrow mm. to get away. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and his feelings towards Elizabeth, yeah. he's, you know, he kind of understands. Right. But that, that was just what I thought. Dude, yeah, yeah. Watching this made me think straight up that they took some cues from this for future films of pirates yeah yeah there's a lot of stuff like the uh yeah the when the ship goes off the mm. the edge here yeah yeah uh, where i definitely thought of at world's end even though that movie was what five years later four yeah years later, yeah something they, like that i it, it is amazing it is amazing close. to me watching this how many things made me think Huh. Yeah, pirates? Yeah. yeah. Similar boat too. <laughs> and that was a very cool visual too when they do go off yeah. the edge and the the uh ship kind of just uses its sails as wings, even yeah. the, as, as impossible as that would be, it still looked cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, well there there it wasn't just like a it, it was a straight up huge updraft, but it right, probably right. would have torn through the sails. Yeah. Uh so then they make their way to or they find their 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 
they're at Tartarus, and the the rolling sand effect here is so. Oh, I love so cool. the scene. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Uh, I really effective. Like they saved some of their best visuals yeah. for last. Well, and the way the that constellations. Was, um, the animation is rendered mm. for uh, the way that Sinbad and Marina handle that kind of thing. We're mm. completely thrown off balance and trying to like find a way to yeah. stand. In the, uh, it was so cool. The, and yet they were still that. floaty. Yeah. The cool part is when the, you start to see those sol- the lines of soldiers coming up from oh, the yes. sand. Yes. And just like, you know, immersed in it. Kind of terracotta soldier like. Yeah. Tomb but. of the Dragon Emperor stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Which you what gave us seven. We don't even need to look back. Yeah, I'm kind of having flashbacks to to a, a traumatic event in my life, but I can't quite. Did it have to do with you know, football? It can't be that traumatic. Brendan Fraser was there. Football, but it was football, dudes. but there was something else. Uh. Like something snow related, like a good. Did some, it have fur? Jet Li? It was. Jet it did Lee. have fur. No, Jet Li's there too. No, it you're was. right. It was. Whoa. What is this? What a weird dream. Do we all have this dream? It's a, it's a fever dream. <laughs> it sounds David, like a dream David, that we would David, give like it. Clear this up for us. Yeah. Uh, David gave Tomb of the Dragon Emperor a seven way back when, over almost a year and a half ago at this point. Yep. Seven, mm. seven to uh, the Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Uh, one of the most notorious events in our history. Look, man, we can make fun of it now. I think we should go back and watch it again. And see how we feel. Maybe we will. And you will definitely lower your score. I might raise it. <laughs> no, raise, remember, remember he, said, he said adamantly that he loved this movie for its rewatchability. So there you have it. That's a score and even now. It's easy True. to say now, but man, I really am <laughs> interested in knowing how rewatchable that movie is. <laughs> All right. So back, back to the, the movie. We're, we're tangenting here. Uh, so... Our two characters, Marina and Sinbad, find their way to Eris, and she challenges Sinbad. She didn't believe that he would uh, go back and sacrifice himself for his friend Proteus if he was not successful in his journey. What did y'all think of all this? I liked it. I think that it was very effective visually and story-wise. It was the only way for them to create a situation in which a human can face a god. Yeah. And have it make sense. This was like the the best heiress moment for me. Like I, I didn't mm. particularly like her as a villain until mm-hmm. this interaction here. What about the, the puppet moment? No, that was cool visually, but yeah. like as a, a as character, a character, yeah. Yeah. Like she's she, a little in PC where it's like yeah. she's a god watching from above now, the rafters. She's typical bad guy saying all the things you think a bad guy would say. Like Mustache that, twirly. Yes. I did like her theme music, though. It was very Tim Burton. Yeah. They did have good music for the But what's the difference between her and, let's say, Hercules with... Um, uh, Hades? Hades. Hades had a lot more personality. Uh, Hades is hilarious. Yes. But what, he's doing the same thing. Not no. really. He's putting things in his path and just watching and going, Arr! There's... I agree with you, David. There's yeah. the stakes... I, I was going to say this later, but... There's a lot of parallels between Hercules and this movie, similar in a dynamic between the villain, um, quote-unquote villain, and the quote-unquote hero, because stakes aren't really there. Uh, character growth isn't really, you know, you don't have a want versus need development of mm. the hero, and they don't really have a direct personal relationship. There's no antithesis to, you know, what they're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. So, but Hercules, you know, 
uh, is more memorable for whatever reason because maybe it's Disney. Yeah, but it also the, had a lot. Thing? It had a lot more annoying yeah, aspects right. of it too. I mean, Pain and Panic, and you know, Danny DeVito, like, hmm. and then the whole preachy '90s athlete sponsorship stuff. Like, this yeah. movie yeah. toned a lot of that back, but you know, takes a lot of the same storytelling approaches that Hercules did. Um, not to yeah. say they're not p- problematic in both. Right. Uh, but, you know, Hercules typically gets looked back on fondly, whereas this one uh, kind of gets forgotten. What were you yeah, I, I, I understand that perspective, and I agree. But I'll also say that um, in regards to the stakes, yes, they're similar in uh, their motivations or perhaps the way that they're trying to deal with the hero indirectly. However... I think the the point can be made that Hades didn't really pull his punches with what he threw at Hercules, as well as uh, the fact that yeah. the struggle that Hercules had so, with each individual creature was more than yeah. what Sinbad and crew. I don't want to, since we're bringing up Hercules, I don't want to talk too much about Hercules, but um, immediate differences that I noticed between Hercules and uh, Sinbad... With Hercules, uh, Hades has obvious barriers where Zeus is mostly in control and can see when Hades does something wrong. So he sends minions and tries to find loopholes to circumvent that. Whereas Eris, there aren't really any other oppositions here that you're aware of. So you, you don't really know what her limitations are, but she seems to have limitations. Uh, in Hercules... Hercules doesn't have a problem offing enemies, but his issue is that he is emotionally very young and doesn't understand heartbreak. So Meg, who has already been heartbroken, is bringing that along with her, and there's more complexity with her, whereas Hercules is a little more static. Mm-hmm. So it's it's mostly about her and her struggle with trusting or doing the right thing. So with Sinbad, this doesn't have as much of that struggle between either character. It's but they a try little, to like try to yeah. manufacture it. it. It doesn't quite feel. It's not successful. So like, it's similar. Like, hey, we should throw this yeah. this scene in here where they're disagreeing on stuff. But it's, right. it still and feels like it's. There's nothing wrong with that. Like yeah. this is this is fun as far as a kid's film. But there's a reason we keep going back to Hercules, and I think. What happens with a lot of children's movies where we like to revisit them is because we keep digging and learning more about it, yeah. you know? It also had better music. <laughs> yeah, it did. Get off of my case. Get off of my back. I thought you were going <laughs> to say that. <laughs> Re- regardless, I, I do see your point as far as uh, it being a similar type of character and their abilities i didn't have as much of a problem right, right. with eris uh i thought that she was okay i don't think she's bad mm-hmm. I, I just think like there's almost 75 percent of her lines are pretty like cliche right, villain right. type speech i need to i need a, a hot take here right hot take uh-huh michelle pfeiffer better than james wood right. james wood plays uh hades yeah i know that yeah, um, I, you do i don't think to- they do. i totally disagree with you that's but- why i said hot take yeah. All right. I, I, so me looking at you was processing how blasphemous that was. <laughs> I don't know if that's what it was going <laughs> on. Is, okay. I, I don't think Eris is bad. I just no, think... no. 
It's I just think the she's writing. really good. Mm. No, no, I like her. I like her voice acting, but it's just the writing is a little like generic. The, it like, really is. Yeah, but David, it's fine. You, you cannot tell me that you look at like those the lines that she has and 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 you don't think it's cheesy. I think that it's cheesy in the right ways, and I also think that more people will agree with me Either in the long way. term. David, I, I, feel like I agree with you. I don't, think, I don't think she's that cheesy. I mean, maybe it's a little generic, but I, I think she's fine. The design, the voice acting. And design design is amazing. Yeah. Voice acting, good. Lines, a little cheesy, a little generic, but still all right. All right. Well, yeah. Both see. movies had strong female characters, too, so we can throw yeah. that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on to the the moment, the pivotal moment in this movie, or the finale, uh, where there. This is the first point in the film, and the only point where there was genuine tension. Even though I knew that it was going to be a happy ending, uh, we basically have Proteus prostrate in front of this executioner, and he's about to be beheaded because Sinbad has not returned. Uh, I thought this was a really well this was executed good. sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, they're finally like, I, I kind of feel something. I'm on the edge of my seat. Right. Uh, Proteus could die because of, of mm. Sinbad not returning. And I felt so bad for him in this scene. And yeah, it was it was really the only moment where I was actually somewhat worried about a character, even though yeah. I knew right. deep down that, yeah, he'd be fine. Yeah, it was a situation where you knew probably what was going to happen, but, you know, there's the off chance that even if he wasn't going to be killed, which you knew he wasn't going to be killed, that he would deal with the kind of heartbreak of his friend not coming to save him. And a movie is, you have to give it to a movie when you know that it's it's a family movie and you know it's going to end happily. But it is still able to make you you know, f- worry about something mm. despite I agree. how you know it's going I, to end. I think it's because no matter what happens, if somebody is on the line of dying, I don't care if you did story development or not, if somebody has to put their life on the line to save the other person, it's going to be emotional. And and always mm. in your mind is like, oh, what could have been, you mm-hmm. know? Like if there there was a scenario where that character would have died. Yeah. You know? And I think because they waited till the very last moment to to reveal the fact that he wasn't going to die was extremely effective. Yeah. It makes yeah. me think of the end of pirates one where, uh, you have Will Turner throw his sword and save Jack Sparrow right as the hangman's noose is cut. Yep. That is a very similar scenario. And Strangely, then this movie, and then this movie does it again when Sinbad arrives and then his head is put on the block there. And, yeah. uh, it, it, one of the best scenes is when, the 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 executioner's blade is shattered by Eris, and she's forced to, you know, relinquish the the book of peace, mm. and that that's a good scene. It's another Dude, good Eris scene. Like it's totally, I think I think sorry. this movie is back ended with the best Eris stuff. Yeah, like I I don't think she's great in the beginning, except for the the puppeteering sequence. Uh, but now I'm like I yeah she stands up as a good villain in this movie towards the end and and. It's satisfying to see uh, Sinbad and Proteus one up her or and Marina. Yeah, it's totally a uh, a Thor moment at the at the end with him finally being worthy and yes, it's oh, a, yeah. being He's saved. Worthy. Yep, <laughs> you know it is really. It's a it's just that uh that kind of I'm unworthy now. I sacrifice my life for the good of whoever. Yeah, and 
then it's like, oh, it's fine, powers. Yep. Uh, do you all any have any comments on this this uh, final moment here? It's good, and that's it. Yeah, I did enjoy it. It did bring up the question to me of like, wait, they never mentioned why the Book of Peace was important, but I guess it protects. I, I had to read it. It protects the yeah, the yeah. twelve cities or realms, realms or whatever. Like it's a, it's just an important magical yeah. artifact. That- yeah. They they do cover that, but it's kind of like Shallow. one of those exposition moments yeah. where, you know, you, it's just. Yeah. Pretty I will mu- say, as much a you kid, I probably it, wouldn't care. Yeah. I would just be like, oh, yeah, book of peace, get oh, it. Oh, and I did say I would I would connect this to Sleeping Beauty, uh, at the beginning of this episode. So, Eris is basically Maleficent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she's after she she's like. The one god who wasn't invited to the party, uh, and yeah. so this is, this is her. Th- this whole thing is her campaign to just kind of torment and terrorize the people that she's mad at. Right. Uh, basically, that's all I have on that. Mm. But it, this this apparently was the original inspiration for Sleeping Beauty, her uh-huh. the, the story of Eris right. in cool. mythology. So there is some background to this character that I think is kind of fascinating. But so we should have had Angelina Jolie do it instead. No, I think Michelle (laughs) Pfeiffer is great. Oh, I like her. (laughs) So the movie closes on Sinbad sailing off to sea, and Proteus basically has a heart to heart with Marina, and he sees that her true desire is to be out in the seas adventuring. Uh, seeing new sights and 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 basically gives his consent to let her go. Mm. I thought this tracked for me. I I, I was fine with it. I Proteus again, consistently the best dude ever. But I, I was I was glad that this happened, and I was happy to. Uh, well, then you agreed with the producers of the movie because originally it wasn't supposed to be that way. Yeah. Well. I do agree. Apparently, that was the more kid approach because they thought it would be for a happier ending. Well, no, the, it tracks too with her character because she that the scene she has with Sinbad, like in the middle of this movie, where she's like, "Yeah, I've, I've always wanted to." Well, it tracks know. also because they changed the entire movie and it didn't follow the original script. Yeah, but, but I think the way they changed it is not terrible. I, I'm not saying the original version was bad. I, maybe the original version is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. But I would, I thought. Cons- the 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 movie that we got here was at least consistent in that. Mm-hmm. This is alternate universe where in Pirates of the Caribbean, Keira Knightley gets with Jack Sparrow. Exactly, that's exactly <laughs> it. But there's no Will Turner in this movie. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Pro- Proteus yeah. is like Norrington. Well, you say you say yeah, that, imagine, exactly. Okay, imagine right. if the producers got involved with Pirates of the Caribbean and they changed the story where that's what happened. That's what happened with this movie. But okay. I, I do think that this the chemistry here is better than... Oh, what, yeah. The uh, chemistry here is way better than her and Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Like, you never... I never wanted to see them together. I, mm. I, I have similar Shut up, feelings. Shut Davis. Similar You're... feelings. <laughs> I thought you were going to disagree with me. No, I do. <laughs> I was just going to shut you down. He, he said oh, he no, does no. agree. I, I think... Disagree. I, yeah, I do disagree. You're... I think that it's very similar to her and... How Jack do we Sparrow. mute David's mic? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just going to say it. She and Sinbad do not have good chemistry. It sucks, and what? I did not like it. it did, you're wrong, though. <laughs> they did a terrible job of showing it, and I will go into it more later. Okay, okay. you I can have your what's, opinion, what's but your we thought? don't have to go I'm into sorry, it. I'm sorry, what? What's your thought? Did you think they they made sense together? They do, but I don't think they set it up well enough for me. Okay. Like, just for me personally. But I, I'm trying to... 
It's really difficult trying to approach something from the mind of a kid and an adult at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. As a kid, I would be like, ah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Go with the pirate. Look, yeah. you know. here's the thing. Group. I think the main reason why David doesn't like it is because he likes, or he just doesn't like that she's not being with Proteus. Actually, no, and I, I, I actually do have a reason. Yeah. But it's not that. Okay, well... I guess we can continue, so we, and you can tell continue, us later. We can. Are we finished with the story now? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's close this one out. Oh, we're gonna have an interesting review portion for this. I yeah, feel I like. think mm-hmm. so. All right, that concludes the story for Sinbad: Legend of the Seven Seas. We're gonna take a quick break, and on the other end, we're going to give our brief reviews for the film. Get into what critics thought. Uh, touch on the box office, and then talk about this franchise or lack thereof. So stay tuned. Welcome back. Let's talk. Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. First, we're going to get into our brief reviews. So, David, you got our scores there in a little bowl. You want to pull them at random? I actually think he wears tidy whities Definitely do not. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Hmm. Starting with Irina with a 5.5. Yeah. I think it's passable, but just barely passable. That's not passable. What? <laughs> That's a fail. <laughs> no, no, five point no, five no. is passable. Like I think, I think five is like, I don't even know what to think. Middle you know, road. it's just yeah. bleh. But five point five, I. This movie, I unfortunately watched it immediately after we watched uh, Prince of Egypt, so oh, that just rough. made it. Yeah. A really horrible experience. There's a stark difference yeah. between those two. Same um, night, too. Um, that's kind of... It is a little unfair, because I think their direction in this was different from that, obviously. But it's it's just kind of sad to uh, think that Sinbad came after Prince of Egypt. And I know Prince of Egypt was a huge undertaking, but uh, this film just seemed that much cheaper in comparison Um I would say from a child's perspective, this is successful. And that's why I'm not giving it any lower. Because it is entertaining. You get monsters. You have characters that you do enjoy. Um, But other than that, I just don't see a reason to watch it in my adulthood. I I don't really gain much from it. Mm. Um, Whereas I continually watch other animated films just because it's... Not just comforting, but thought-provoking, and it inspires me to... Like, I I always had this idea that I wanted to be an animator at some point, and those other films would inspire me to that. And I I can't help but get a lump in my throat when I watch a new animated film, Mm -hmm. and it's for that reason. But um, this film just doesn't... The direction was not clear the story was not clear um there's a lot of confusion tonally for me when i see this film but other than that i think it's successful entertainment there are other movies i would 
refuse to watch, but if this was brought on, I would still sit down and watch it. So I, I will leave it at a 5.5. All right. And you said you changed it last minute. What was your score previously? No comment. No, I want to know. Say it. No. Please. It was a four. Dang. I, I really don't enjoy this movie that much. All right. Um, but I will say it's not. I, I think there are other animated films that deserve a four, and this yeah. one didn't. So. Hey, we, right. we, we just witnessed yeah. one in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, if I could give that negative, I would. Yeah. All right. Next up, AJ with a seven. Hey. So... It's a, a reach for a seven, but part of the reason it got a seven was because I liked this better than Atlantis, and I rated Atlantis a six and a half, which I think was generous also for that score. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a bit of goodwill for this movie. Honestly, this movie, what it did was, you know, it dis uh, what's the word? disengaged my critical nature for whatever reason. I don't know why, because, I mean the story does suck. Like there, there's no way around it. The storytelling in this movie is all over the place. And the only real guess explanation I can have where I still follow it and enjoy it is one, the visuals, at least from a color palette, you know, the, the actual animated part of it is, is great. Um, the CGI is dated, uh, but I'm not, I guess really as bothered it by that. by yeah, it's uh, I don't, I'm not really bothered by that um, as much as other people for whatever reason. Um, I really think this is closely analogous to Hercules. A lot of the same issues are in that movie, and I don't have a tone problem with this movie. So I had fun with it. This movie is a uh, is a frozen pizza for me. Like it's not <laughs> a great example of pizza by any means, but I will scarf one down in a heartbeat. You know, right. given the opportunity. So. It's easily consumable. <laughs> Seven is probably a bit generous for it, but I, you know, enjoyed it. I had fun with it. Yeah. Surprisingly, didn't hate Brad Pitt in this. You know, I don't yeah. normally ha- hate him, I say, but, you know, I'm kind of disinclined to right. look favorably on some of his works. Um, <laughs> but I didn't really, I, I didn't have glaring. Opposition. There, yeah. yeah there, there are glaring issues with this movie. I will not lie, but for some reason they did not irk me so much right uh, so there's plenty of criticism to be had and justly so but i still enjoyed the movie nevertheless um it was fun and it's kind of a it's a swashbuckling adventure right same way and you, you know, like some, you like nautical themes don't you? i do yeah, yeah and it's i if you kind of frame it in like i said the episodic right you know and and really what gets me is the the relationship the interaction between Sinbad and um, Marina, which I know David takes issue with, but I thought it was fine. Um, having a strong, um, you know, it's okay. Dave, David's alone on that raft. Yeah, I'm, having I'm okay with that. Having an interaction with the main character and um, you know not a damsel in distress is refreshing. And then you don't have some mm. dumb sidekick characters that are just comedic relief. Like this kind of took a middle of the road approach, and it's right. easily digestible. By no means is it a masterpiece. Like I said, it's a frozen pizza movie. Yeah, yep. I I agree with that sentiment. We have different scores, but I think I think we have similar ideas. All right, next up, David. I <laughs> I originally gave it a six. <laughs> I just I don't know why that was so. Next up, David, <laughs> referring to himself. Please. 
please, How please continue. No, no, just go, go ahead. Next it, up, it's yeah. a me, a David. <laughs> next up is me, a David. He's nice. I give it a six. I changed my mind. I don't like a six. I give it a 5.5. Five. Oh, I can't tell man. if that was Borat or some offensive. It was Asian Borat that ended up going Italian. Yeah, it did. So, point is, uh, I was between a 5.5 and a 6. I tried to lean on the more positive side. The more we talked about it, the more I watched it again, the more I hated it. Um, 5.5. Hate. <laughs> yeah. We all know how I rate things. <laughs> it's not, Look, there's so many good parts of this movie. I, I didn't like it, but at the exact same time, I can see what was put into it that was good. Yeah, but I love our scale, though. Our arena is like, 5.5, passable. Five point five for David. Hated it. <laughs> I, I'm giving all those points to the parts that were good that still didn't make it a good movie for well, me. Think about it this way: his scale goes from five to ten instead of one. It kind of does. Yeah, yeah, they kind of do. Yeah, I don't like giving things really terrible scores, and I really don't like giving things like the best score. Yeah. Which is funny because we do point five, so essentially that's a one to ten. Yeah. It's, it. Anyway. It half points. Yeah. It's. There are so many good parts of this. In the very beginning, it had me hooked because I do like the seafaring adventure. And I think that Sinbad in the very beginning is fun and because they, they're not having to develop character. But the more you get into the story, you're like, huh, I wonder if I'm going to get some character development here. Oh, never? Got it. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And then you get to Brad Pitt, who does one of the most flat performances in animation I've ever seen, other than Matt Damon, maybe, in Spirit. It's just... I. I was so bored with his way of doing things that I almost didn't realize it was him because it was so boring. Because he blended so seamlessly into the character. Which is boring. Yeah. Just just maybe? <laughs> All right. But no, in, in real talk, it's just, I just wasn't hooked. It just, there's so many things. Animation-wise, I actually like the 2D animation. Eris' design was great. The color palette, as AJ say, was, was pretty good. And a lot of that goes towards that, and a lot of it does go towards Eris. But um, I think Ted Rossio is the Terry Rossio. Terry Terry Rossio. I Elliot. call him. I Ted. always I combine their names. Yeah, Terrelliot. Yeah. So Rossio, um, who was a consultant on this project in the very beginning before he pulled out because um, he didn't agree with DreamWorks production. Because he didn't want to make DreamWorks pregnant. <laughs> he didn't want to make them <laughs> mad. So uh, his his perspective sums up my pretty well so i'm going to say what his was so rocio didn't like this because it undermined the emotional gravitas of the friendship between sinbad and proteus that was at the center of his original pitch it also made sinbad and marina into generally unlikable characters for basically cheating on proteus both in romantic and friendship so rocio fired off a six-page memo to the team at dreamworks detailing exactly what was wrong with those choices he admits it was less because he thought he could convince the executives and more to have a tangible told-you-so moment after the fact. So he basically flat-out called the story choices wrong, and that was the last of the consulting services uh, we were... So it's a quote now. And that was the last of the consulting services we were asking to perform on the film, Rosario Bra- writes. He probably just went through a breakup or something. Yeah, he's, he's mad. <laughs> well, I think he was doing They're Pirates of cheating. the Caribbean at this time, actually. Really? Yeah, and they asked him to consult because this was his original story. Mm. And they changed it a lot, and he was giving them feedback because they wanted his feedback, and they didn't like his feedback. So he's like... You're doing it wrong, and then like middle fingers left. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, that was kind of how that went. And I feel very similar to his perspective. And I don't know. Like Pirates if... was a huge success. Which one did better? Yeah, but then you think he wrote all the sequels, too. How, how did yeah, you know I don't like the Monetarily, sequels how did that of Pirates. Go? They did, they did well monetarily, mm, uh, critically, though. Hmm. It's still better than this movie, I feel like. Well, I think from a monetary standpoint, it's less about this movie's quality and more about its placement right. between other films, Regardless, at least date-wise. If you're yeah. comparing the romances from Pirates sequels to this one, I gotta tell you, yeah. they ruined I, that in Pirates did they, sequels. Yeah. Did I they do all the Pirates movies? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know. I wouldn't they say did that the first was... Pirates movie. Part of the argument, though, I think you have to compare this movie to other animated films because it's not, it's it's really not on the same yeah. track. Yeah. Next score, David. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. Next up. <laughs> uh, Reese with a 6.5. Yeah, and I was very close to nudging it up a little bit higher there with AJ. Are you going to do it? Uh, I don't think I'm going to. I'm thinking I'm going to hold you firm could. with a 6.5. Mm-hmm. I know. Very, but <laughs> a firm six point five. Yes, yes. Gotcha. Uh, come on, firm. come on. Sorry. Uh, Rectified this. If I had gone off of just my first impression of this movie, watching it the first time, it would have been lower. Uh, I thought this movie actually weirdly benefited from a rewatch. Yeah. Uh, and I just got done with that today as we're recording. I think it. it, it and mainly what improved for me was uh, Brad Pitt as Sinbad, who I thought was very just one note. And I think he still is one note, but I, I, picked up, I picked up on more nuances with his character, especially towards the third act, that actually I, I believed him becoming a better person. Mm-hmm. And I think that really serves this movie well. And I also love Marina as, you know, his romantic interest but but also a a character unto her own that really kind of you know establishes herself she doesn't rely on either of the men in this she really forges her own journey right and she has purpose in this world which i thought was you know that's progressive for a movie during this time where it's normally you you have your damsel in distress and Sinbad's just saving her throughout the movie. Uh, so I, I really like Sinbad and I really like Marina as characters in this film. And I think they have great chemistry. And I think that really carries me through a lot of these shoddily animated CGI sequences. What always holds true to me is that relationship between these two characters as it builds throughout the film. I even think the relationship between Sinbad and Proteus is well done. And I think Proteus is just such a stand-up guy, and mm. I really like that wholesome character in this movie. And and even though, yes, this was apparently different from the original writing of this character, and there was more of a, a relation between these two in the original you know, script for this film, I still was always thinking about Proteus throughout this entire movie and, and, mm-hmm. and what he was going through. That was me, too. Yeah. Uh, and, and I also just... I kind of enjoyed this rollicking journey. I think it's very... It, there's no real stakes to any of it, except at the end, where I actually kind of was worried about Proteus and Sinbad. Uh, but it, it's just a fun little adventure. Right. It's, and and I'm so tempted to give it, like, a, a seven, but it's just... It doesn't do enough to, like, wow me in any way. Right. 
I don't think there's anything particularly memorable about the movie. There's nothing I really take away from it and is like, hey, remember that part in Sinbad where this happened? Oh, that like, was so I'm, cool. There, I, there's never going to be an instance <laughs> where I'm like, oh, that part in Sinbad was so cool. Like it, it's it's just like an enjoyable extended episode of a yeah. Saturday morning cartoon that is. Gosh, that's like, such a good way of describing it. Yeah, but it, it, I, I still. I found delight in this movie enough to to give it a 6.5. Right, so, right. There you go. All right, Noah. Last up, 7.5. I like it. <laughs> I like it. That's that not bad. That was all you were going to say. I like it to Sinbad. <laughs> no, I thought it was a really enjoyable movie. Um, That's why you were trying to tempt me to bump up my score. <laughs> you no, could well, you no. could bump it up it, 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 wasn't, it like, wasn't it down. wasn't to give me credence it was more in case it was a situation in which you felt like you wanted to and you weren't because most other people no were. I wasn't feeling peer pressured I okay. was I was honestly trying to really analyze how much I enjoyed All right. the movie and yeah, I, yeah. I did enjoy it enough but it wasn't quite enough to be like oh this is this has to be watch like i would never recommend someone watch this but i didn't feel like my time was wasted you know yeah i yeah go ahead i get you Hi, yeah. um Jackie. no i i really enjoyed this i i do think what the the main issues i guess i would have are with uh the story and plot progressions a little bit funky and in addition to that, some of Ares' lines are a little flat, and then Brad Pitt's voice acting left something to be desired. And I think the reason why it mellows out in the end is actually due to how well they animate his expressions and everything else is good, so it you just kind of forget about it. And not to mention... Okay, sorry, I'll retract a little bit. His voice is never bad. It's just not great. Mm -hmm. Mm. You know, it's not as animated as it should be. Mm. <laughs> you get me? Choice word there. Yep. Yeah. Regardless, though, I, I had a pretty fun time with this. I really like that chemistry between the, uh, with Marine and Sinbad. I don't know what it's David's good. on. I don't know why, why. But maybe, maybe it was the rewatch, though, because. I, I've I watched enjoyed this it three times, and it sucked all three times. I watched it one time, and I liked it. I thought the first it was good. Time. I thought it was good. Yeah. I agree with you. I, uh, I, all I can say to that is that people have different ideas of what chemistry is. Yeah, and I can mm. agree with that, um, and that's okay. Um, yeah, but uh, other than that, I think it was a fun adventure, and there's a lot of stuff that suspends belief, but. You know, it's an animated movie, and it's a little all over the place, but you have a good time the whole time. I think this movie would have earned at least a whole additional point for me if it had just been more traditionally 2D animated all throughout. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I, I can agree with that. I really think, and normally I'm like, it's all about, you know, the content and the heart of the movie, and that's really what sells it. But this is one of those cases where I was really pulled out of the experience because of just how ill-conceived some of the the CGI was, and I know I harp on it a lot. I didn't. I I wasn't. I okay. Normally, I would be bothered by really bad CGI, but for whatever reason, this didn't bother me. I'm yeah. I'm with AJ on that one. I 
for I don't know. It's it's just it strangely fits with the vibe of the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but yeah. Also, just to kind of play off that a little bit, and something I feel like I should have said in mind, I feel like this movie pulled so many punches, and that's why I'm also bothered, because I really like the content of this movie. You're, you're right. It had no guts. It's like, like, they didn't go for the high of highs. They didn't even go, like, they could have, like, Atlantis, for example, I think AJ said, he, he would rate this lower, and the reason I would say I disagree is because they weren't pulling punches as much. I think that they were trying some crazy stuff and failed. No, AJ liked this one more than Atlantis. That's what I'm saying. But okay. the thing is, I think that I give Atlantis more points because they tried. They may have failed, but they tried. This movie did not try. There was no trying in this movie. Well, it, it, it's definitely a play it safe type of movie. Yes, it was. But I but the play it safeness of it still gets it above. It bothers I, me how much I don't, when people play it. Safe. I I don't really think that they didn't try. I, I they might not have tr- they might not have tried as hard as you know the other two movies. Look, you're, but... you're acting like we gave this movie nine out of ten. Sorry, like, no, I'm not even we, mad at you guys. I'm mad at the movie. Yeah. Like it's not you guys. But, like, but we gave but it this about, isn't the movie to be bent out of shape over. Yeah. I really didn't like this movie. <laughs> then why'd you give it a five? <laughs> because there are people who did things in this movie that deserve those five and a half points. Oh, so it's the, pity points. Yes. So I'll what? Wait, what's your what's your real score? Wait, it, five points. Based five, on my like, enjoying of the movie, like I'd give it like a two. God. If oh it came God. to if it came to the, the amount of effort in the quality of the movie from those other standpoints, it's five point five. This is gonna be the new like the new like. It's the dragon. Actually, the I don't. Dragon Emperor, I actually don't think it will. Except be. in reverse. I know. Yeah, I know what the critical standpoint. Dude, you're gonna be validated by the critical standpoint, but or but the the receival on Rotten Tomatoes, perhaps. Mm. But as far as Reception. you know, cult following people I don't are think probably has a big cult are, following at all. They, what were you saying, AJ? Have one. I just said you know, rating it that low is a sin. It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm talking about enjoyability. There's a reason I didn't give it a two. And uh, you are entitled to your wrong opinion. <laughs> it's okay. I'll take strong opinions on weird Dude, movies like this. You're putting this on Neverending Story two level. You know what? I am. I don't know if it's quite. Let's that move bad. on to the end. Let's <laughs> move on to the end. Never I didn't give it a two, though. I gave it a five point five. Your All heart right. gave it a two. Look, All right. All right. Let's let's move on to the critics here. Uh, maybe David. Actually, no. Uh, Andrew, did you want to crunch those numbers on the movie? Six point four uh, for the group average, which let's see where'd I go? Uh, Higher than Spirit. That's all I know. Which is a win for me. <laughs> yeah. So it's a yes from me. Yep. That is below Van Helsing, which had a six and a half, and okay. above 28 Weeks Later, which was at a 6.3. Oh, that's a that's Along a with crime. the first Never Ending Story <laughs> and um, Parts of the Caribbean at World's End. Okay. So Why do you point- like that movie so much? 28 which, Weeks wait, Later. Where? Also, we never brought up the subtitle of this movie. Legend of the Seven Seas was kind of a... We didn't see any Seven Seas, really. They, no, it really I implies it something much, down, much larger than is what, what legend It boils down seen. to DreamWorks just really liking having a subtitle. Mm-hmm. Like, I just... yeah. Spirit of it, the Seven Seas. Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. They never talk about the Cimarron. They don't, I don't know. It's whatever. Yeah. Shrek. <laughs> Good, good, good addition. They finally, de- they finally figured it out. Just stick to a single title, like yeah. to leave it there. 
All right, just throw a bunch of celebrity voices in it. Critics, y'all ready? Yes. On Rotten Tomatoes, this movie has a 45%, which means 45% of critics recommended this movie. Are you saying that I am <laughs> above those critics substantially? No. I think you are. Uh, with a 56% audience score. On Metacritic, this movie has a 48 with a 6.6 out of 10 audience score. And on IMDb, this movie has a 6.7 out of 10. So I would say very mixed reviews for this film. Uh, all Really all over the place. There's some that liked it, some that were middle of the road, and some that did not. Uh, that's It's just a complete mixed bag for Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. I'd say that is a kind of what we got here with this podcast mm-hmm. there i yeah, don't think very we're at very certain about how we feel yeah i, I kind of like how varied we yeah. are in this episode it was starting to get boring with us just turning in the same scores for every movie yeah. and this is one that, that you know it's a it's kind of a crapshoot there's a, yeah. a whole bunch of different different takes also on this i'm one. very hyperbolic i will be extreme in my responses but i feel like my score is more you middle. can't take it back i didn't i think the pivot point for this movie on which way you fall is actually Eris. If you yeah. are okay with her as a villain, then you're probably going to be okay with the movie. If you don't like her as a villain, then you probably don't like the movie. Because <laughs> you know, that kind of pushes it one way or the other with the mediocrity of the rest of it. Yeah, but but it's funny you say that because I, I fully agree with that. And yet David's problem is Marina. I was going to say it's <laughs> ironic because I hate this movie, but I liked Eris. It's like the exact opposite. David's problem with this movie was the strongest character in this. No, I know. <laughs> no, my biggest issue is Sinbad and the fact that he mm. didn't connect with anybody. Uh, yeah. Except I, for I Marina. Except for nobody. Well, All I right. Tried. Box office. This movie released on July 2nd in 2003. Uh, also releasing on the same day was uh, Terminator 3 and Legally Blonde. Huh. Uh, films that were still playing in theaters at this time uh, were Finding Nemo and what? Hulk, the uh, Eric Bana, Ang Lee-directed film. I know which one was the most successful of that group. <laughs> I think yeah, we do. <laughs> and incoming next week uh, would see the release of Pirates of the Caribbean uh Curse of the Black Pearl. Sorry, I don't know why I stumbled Blanked, there. Yeah. A movie we have covered. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was uh, one of our previous episodes. So, with a budget of $60 million, how much do you guys think this movie did worldwide? Let's start with Irina this time. Um, That's how yours always begin, by the way. It's always like... Uh-huh. I hate <laughs> But you're pretty good at it. Uh, no, you don't give yourself I'm enough not. credit. You don't give yourself enough credit. <laughs> Noah whispered to me, 100. <laughs> 100. <laughs> now, is he actually trying to help me or helping his, his self? I mean, well, you himself. know what we himself. all use for this method, so you should have a, a way. Shut up. Let's say, I'm, I'm going to go with 120. 120. David. I'm going to say 80. 80? Honey. AJ. But. Um, actually, have no memory of any marketing. For, I don't. I never knew this movie existed, honestly. That's the same um, with you in all the DreamWorks animated 2D movies. Well, I had at least heard of the other ones. This one yeah. I didn't even know was a thing. But what you just said was its competition 
that's that's pretty uh pretty tough competition. So let's say ninety. Ninety. Noah. Gosh, I hate you guys. Um boxed in again. I'll just straight up go with one hundred, which was my suggestion, but I'll have it known that previously I was thinking eighty five. Okay. <laughs> so you're uh, trying to set me up. Noah, no, you, I actually wasn't. No, no. Noah, you if you had said 85, you would have been very close, but David was just about right on the money. Ooh, Butthole. Yeah, this nice. movie made 81 million Let's go. off of, as I said, a 60 million budget. Gosh, yeah. It was a bomb at mm. the box office. Did not do well at all, especially domestically. It did 26 million domestically, which is terrible for a big budget animated movie. And, yeah. And, okay, it it costs less than some of the other DreamWorks movies and definitely less than uh, some Pixar and Disney animated movies at, you know, 60 million, as I said. But 26 million is not a good number no. for your uh, animated film. And this was mostly because it was just crowded out by all of these massive titles. I think the one-two punch was... First, Finding Nemo, mm-hmm. really appealing to the family audiences. One of my favorite movies from Disney. Yeah, and then just being pinched by Pirates of the Caribbean the next weekend, right. which was just the exact same kind of seafaring demographic family movie, but, you know, slightly edgy, uh, just completely. And why would you go see Sinbad if you could watch Exactly. Yeah. It just tamped this one out completely. And. I, I cannot tell you how much more of a technical achievement Pirates of the Caribbean and Finding Nemo are compared to Sinbad, which looks like a movie that would have come out in 1994, judging by its CGI effects. Okay. I always get in this, or sorry, this always happens where a movie that's actually good doesn't market itself well, but decides, yeah. hey, let's put ourselves right between... Two huge blockbusters. Yeah. yeah. Why? I don't. I don't know. It, it's it's wait prob- a month. There was probably just a lot of of releases that summer, and they mm-hmm. they had an opening, and they were like, okay, we just got to put it here. All right. Yeah. Just hinting at <sighs> something we're going to talk about on our and our next episode. I feel like there could have been a similar thing that DreamWorks is doing here that Disney is about to do with Treasure Planet, and it comes to. Hmm, maybe 2D animation isn't the way anymore. Maybe we need to lean towards 3D. How do we do that? I mean, if you're going to make money on movies that are 2D, you can't stop making them, can you? Yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. In a similar vein, I think this was a stepping stone just to uh, get a little bit of cash influx so that they can make what they actually really want to make. Right. Yeah, this this movie, uh, definitely what what you said, AJ, it's, it's a... There's... Almost as much CGI in this movie as there is an actual 2D animation. It is very much a, a stepping stool. It's it's almost like you can see in front of your eyes in Sinbad that they are just losing faith in the 2D format. Right. Because they're, they're just... There's so much of that digital stuff in this movie that's just cluttering out uh, what is what makes 2D animation so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and also at the time... Uh, 3D animation, all of these, all of those films were starting to really like thrive. Again, Finding Nemo was a massive hit for Pixar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Shrek doing really well for DreamWorks, and they would, of course, then go on after this to make Madagascar and right. Kung Fu Panda, which were also like big hits for them. Right. Uh, it just, 
it, it, it just started to look kind of hopeless for this this format. And Sinbad is really like the big nail in the coffin for this type. Uh, all throughout, like like in terms of American 2D animation, Sinbad was the last one, the last original one, mm-hmm. uh, which is honestly kind of sad. I yeah. mean, you, you still had Princess and the Frog upcoming for Disney, but this is like pretty much the last breath for all of that. Uh, this movie lost DreamWorks a reported $125 million, and Katzenberg after this was like, yeah, the, the 2D is dead. We're just going <laughs> forward with 3D after this. Uh, which is sad, because apparently the original plan for this was to have it be this, like, six-installment franchise of Sinbad stories. I think somewhere throughout the writing process, they changed it, and they incorporated kind of multiple stories into that first film. But I think the idea was still to have this franchise move forward and have it kind of, you know, start some big series of Sinbad yeah. films that we never got uh, and it's honestly teased at the end of this movie, like Marina and Sinbad are going on these further adventures that we never see. Like she's talking about the Cyclops and the the Hydra and all of that. None of that ever happens. But yeah, honestly, this is kind of the the death knell for 2D animation. That and another film that we're going to cover that you already referenced. Uh, honestly, the Treasure one... Treasure Planet. Yeah, Treasure Planet. It, it wasn't the last one for Disney, but it was certainly one of the ones that was like it was a you know a red alert basically uh, a sign of abandoned ship okay well princess and the frog aside it it pretty much was yeah well princess and the frog was successful well yeah but that was the the circumstances were completely different it's still yeah. uh, 2D hasn't come back since then even though that was successful princess and the frog was intentional as like hey this is our last 2D enjoy yeah. it you know yeah that, that's what i get from princess and the frog mm-hmm. and this kind of mini series we've been doing on 2d animation it's not it's i know we've had they've been one-off like franchise attempts we've had like prince of egypt it kind of had a sequel in joseph king of dreams then we had el dorado that wanted to spawn sequels and then we had spirit that is kind of still an undead franchise weirdly and then this one it this is more a a dreamworks series and this is this is where that 2d animation really comes to an end and just kills any potential 2d animation franchise for good there's there's been nothing from that ever since and it it makes me really sad because i i don't think it's it's the 2d animation that that is the problem Mm -hmm. i think you could still have animation like that and it be successful right you know it i don't well it's proven from princess and the frog people liked it yeah it i get that the the maybe it's easier to work with 3d animation like yeah it is like it's just easier to put out movies that way it still is immensely time consuming the thing is with 3d you have models that you can repurpose with 2d animation you You essentially have to work from scratch most of the time they probably have their little techniques that help fox and the hound it just takes more time yeah but you look you you pivot over to japan and you have studio ghibli and all of the you know anime feature films that are 
still massively successful over there in that region and have some carryover success here, that's hand-drawn. Right. Like, the, the format's not dead. It's, it's because the executives higher up were like, they determined 2D was dead, and then they pushed that. Of course, if yeah. you're not going to put marketing into it, and you're not going to try to make your movie popular, then of course it's not going to so be popular. Yeah. this happens with a lot of art forms, where it starts with the artist, and it starts with a vision, and that becomes popular because there's something raw and true about it. Then those higher execs up there that see it's popular want to market off of that. So they decide, oh, we just need to repurpose this over and over mm-hmm. to the point where it is dead, but it's because they drove it into the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they decide, oh, that's over. Nobody likes it anymore. No, it's because you took the heart out of it and yeah. just put visuals or injected it with what you thought was what made it popular. Yeah. And now you just move on to the next best thing because that has more heart than what that originally had so you you find it with music all the time that's why pop music shifts so much to something different and Mm. then that becomes dead and they find something else to harvest yeah like now they're yeah they're capitalizing off of like this 80s revival right where it's just and it's like so technically 80s never was dead it just became so broken down that nobody enjoyed it anymore hey Uh. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I, I love the 80s, trust me. I actually kind of think this 80s revival has been the best thing for pop recently. Right. It's, it's kind of made me almost that's, a fan of it. That's why I think yeah. nothing is ever dead. It's just dormant. Yeah. You, you just have to find the right audience again. You have to find heart again. Yeah. So anyway. this may be more appropriate for maybe next time, but yeah. I mean, you guys are on the right track, and David, especially like with the whole meta of the industry, really, um, they're kind of dictating the changes. Um, and DreamWorks came along uh, when Katzenberg, you know, was ousted and all that stuff, uh, but gave Disney their their first real competition um, yep. in a long time. Um, and so, like you said, you know, things are kind of rehashed into formulas, and they rest on their laurels and then you have another competitor come along and say hey we, we can make successful uh competitive stuff too and so that changes the industry and then so we see that paradigm shift mm-hmm. um you know with shrek and 3d animation and treasure planet i mean this is really the barrier or the threshold of the change and so um it's an interesting topic to me yeah, yeah. it will be fun to talk about next time for sure definitely all right, so Sinbad killed its own franchise and killed 2D animation at least for DreamWorks. Uh, so it was a it was a big franchise killer, I'd say. So uh, to close out, we're going to let let's let's determine whether or not this was a honorable or dishonorable death for Sinbad. And for our audience members who are new, uh, we. At the end of a franchise or a one-off, we will determine if the movie if the movie ends on a conclusive note, or if it and if it does end conclusively, that results in a, uh, a honorable death, meaning that it it died and it did not require a sequel to be successful on its own. A movie earns a dishonorable death, however, if it ends on a cliffhanger teasing something else and requires a follow-up to resolve uh, story points that are uh, 
brought up in the film, but not concluded. Mm-hmm. So, Sinbad, honorable or dishonorable death? Honorable. Honorable. Yeah. Thumbs up. I would also agree, honorable. AJ, you too? Yep. Yep. It ends conclusively. It teases further adventures, but it is not reliant on those further adventures to uh, basically tell a full story. So, yeah, a honorable death for Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. Next week, we are closing out our animated film miniseries, or I guess animated underdogs, we can call it, uh, with Treasure Planet. We're going back to Disney. We haven't been to Disney in four films now. We started with Atlantis with this series and then have been on kind of a DreamWorks kick for the past four films. Uh, But now we are closing this out with Treasure Planet. And uh, David thinks this is appropriate, uh, but this is... Not a film I've seen, and he keeps kind of subtly teasing to me that, trust me, man, this one's good. Uh, <laughs> so subtle. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a very subtle person. No. no. But I'm excited to watch this. I've never seen it, and, and you're insisting that you want to see so this, this with me. So this is the movie that inspired me to do this entire franchise, quote-unquote, right? Like the animation the series. underdog. Yeah. You, yeah. The, so this is the crowning jewel for... I don't even know your, if it's the crowning jewel. It's just what inspired song. me. No, no, yeah, I know. But like for this whole Yeah, after, after seeing films. Prince of Egypt, it's going to be hard to match that one for me because that was such a... Mm, like that movie so blindsided me. I was like, oh, Dang, Prince of Egypt. How <laughs> that pretty it, epic. How would I never seen this movie? <laughs> it blindsided uh, me too. Yeah. So that that might be our, our big underdog for this whole series. It really might be. But I'm really excited to see Treasure Planet. I honestly yeah. think it was the more of the behind the scenes that inspired me to do Treasure Planet yeah, more yeah. than the actual movie itself. Yeah. And I'm excited to hear you talk about that next time, actually. Yeah. All right. Next week, Treasure Planet. Goodbye, you guys. Whoa. Get a shirt on before you poke someone's eye out.